When you shop on Amazon.com, all of your purchases will be sent to you in an honest box and never in a deceit box. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob as a podcast when you start your shopping at robaswebsite.com slash Amazon or for our friends in Canada, robaswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. Coming to you live from the RHAP studios, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the guy who has never been a part of a hug that wasn't an awkward hug, Rob Sestranino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first podcast here for Survivor Season 30, Worlds Apart. And I'm very excited to be here back podcasting with you guys, and this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be the 11th season of Survivor that I have talked about here on Rob Has a Podcast. And as we sit here as Survivor fans on the day or two days after the premiere of Survivor 30, as you guys are listening to this or whenever you get to it, I am very, very excited because we, the Survivor fans, this is a little bit like for us, this is Christmas morning. This is Hanukkah evening. I'm not exactly sure at what time the timing of all of the gift getting, but you understand what I'm saying because we got our Survivor premiere and we really have laid the groundwork for what I think is going to be a very, very fun season. We have three tribes and we have compelling stories happening in each of the three tribes. We don't have one tribe here that's going uh, to be a dud and really we just have all of the pieces unlike Shireen who was unable to put the pieces together we are starting to put some corners in place we sort of have the border around the edge and we can sort of look at this and say this could be a very fun season here over the next few weeks and hopefully months so I'm very excited about where we sit here after one episode and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is going to develop all the way through Survivor 30. Of course, big show today. I'm going to be speaking with not one, but two 20s. I'm going to speak with the winner of Survivor San Juan del Sur, Natalie Anderson. And then we're going to speak with 20 as well, Nadia Anderson. We're going to get them both on the show today to talk about their unique viewpoints of one being the winner. And then, of course, Nadia being the first person off that season. I'm sure that will provide her with a different perspective for the events of Wednesday night's episode. And of course, Natalie is our newly crowned Miss Survivor, so I'm sure we will touch on that as well. Then we will get into answering your voicemails with Josh Wiggler. Of course, uh, Josh Wiggler is my partner on the evolution of strategy. We've been going through watching every season of Survivor. We just finished volume one of the evolution of strategy. You hear him a lot on the podcast, and he also does exit interviews for Parade Magazine. So we're going to uh, talk with Josh and find out what he thought about his conversation with So and much, much more from the episode last night. Now, on top of everything that we have coming up here in this episode, we had our big Survivor Know-It-Alls premiere. That was on Wednesday night. That's available on robasawebsite.com, plus my interview with So Kim, which I thought was very, very fun. So you could check that out on robhasawebsite.com as well. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, go to robasawebsite.com slash iTunes and subscribe to our iTunes feed, or you can get the Rob has a podcast app in the iTunes app store or for Android as well. Go to Rob has a slash app. 
All right, everybody, here we go. Let's get into this first Survivor recap interview of the season. And we've got a good one because we are joined by not only the most recent person uh, before So Kim to be the first person off of a Survivor. We are also joined by the winner of the last season and your new reigning Miss Survivor. Here they are. Twinnies uh, for the first time in about a year on the podcast, uh, Natalie and Nadia. Ooh, hey. Hi, love. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And Natalie, hold on. Let me officially congratulate you for becoming this year's Miss Survivor. Let me play you your song. Let's go. Yeah. I might have to do a bulgy video to this. <laughs> Outfits. She's got. Her. She's top one, baby. She's not on the bottom. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, not on the bottom. Yeah, she's That's not, on, not on the bottom. Because uh, you're Sometimes number one. On the bottom. Yes. All right. Uh, Natalie and Nadia, how are you guys doing? Good. We had really a lot of fun watching last night's episode. My dad is here from Sri Lanka, and so he was here, and we all watched it together. Um, so much fun. So nostalgic. It feels like yesterday we were watching our premiere in LA with Nadia. And it's yeah, it's weird seeing the old beach that we won. I mean, I was on for three days, but I was like, hey, look, it's Coyopa and look. You know, oh wait, so which tribe is on Coyopa? Um, blue collar is on Coyopa. Looks like they've moved it down a little bit yeah. to look a little bit different and they've changed the well. I noticed that they had a flowing water instead of like a, a, a like a hole in the ground. Yeah. Um so they've changed some stuff, but blue collar's on Coyopa. Um and Hunapu, I think, is I think we have the uh white collars because um that's what it looked like when uh Joachim and So were talking. It looked like it was uh white collar and John John uh, Mitch talk, texted me last night and he rem- he remembers seeing the tree that they were looking at. So yeah. um, wow. it's just crazy to watch it. Yeah. Wow. Did he look for an idol in that tree? Yeah. Him and Drew were out there looking for idols from day one. To too. burn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got so much to get into here uh, for the premiere episode, all three tribes. And I uh, want to hear about uh, you guys, uh, your take on So Kim as well. So let's uh, let's jump in. For, uh, where'd you guys uh, watch the premiere? You just watched it with your dad? Yeah, we watched it at home. Um, just us three. And oh, my big sister came too. And all of us just watched it at home. Wow. Just everybody wanted to come in for the Survivor 30 premiere? Yeah. I mean, no. They no, no. My, my dad is just here on business. And uh, ah. he's gotten into Survivor since um, us, obviously. And he's like, down, he downloads all of the seasons now in Sri Lanka. And he watches them. So he was really excited. Yeah. Okay, so that sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds like a fun night. All right. So is this exciting now for you guys that this is the first Survivor premiere for you uh, both as former Survivors? Yeah, and it was like kind of like a double whammy because Amazing Race was on right after. So like Natalie was saying earlier, like it's so nostalgic for us to watch Amazing Race and Survivor, especially in the same night, especially fresh off the island. Um, It was Pretty cool and surreal at the same time. Yeah. Did you guys watch both back to back? Was that all part of the festivities? Yeah. I mean, we were just in front of the TV. So we ended up watching Amazing Race as well. Um, and it was kind of weird, like the old eHarmony slash Tinder dating thing, like blind dates. <laughs> so weird. But and they get cell phones. Me and Nani was so mad because if I had a, like a phone to take selfies with on the Amazing Race, we've had so many 
cuter pictures than the ones BBS pick up on. And let's be honest, we would probably downloaded Tinder and gone on some dates on the Amazing Race. <laughs> well, let's, let's not get too far into the Amazing Race. That's a different yeah. podcast. Uh, we'll talk about that with Jessica uh, at some point. But uh, we did have some dating stuff in this pod, in this episode also of Survivor. But I, I want to start off with uh, this uh, white collar tribe ends up going to the first tribal council. And this decision that was made to uh, do the uh, neutral box out of the whether you could be a deceit, a honest or she came up with a third option of uh, so Kim did. Now, uh, start with Natalie. Uh, Could you just talk us through that once this happened, did you know immediately this was going to turn out badly? Um, Yeah, I as soon as they were on the fence about it, um, I knew it was bad one because First of all, they could not lie to save her. I mean, so could not lie to save her life. And uh, I actually thought the neutral idea was a good idea. If the bag of beans was not as small and, you know, Joaquin and Sodin go together because they were just the youngest in the group and they just came off as a threat from the start. So maybe an older person from White Collar had gone in and tried to lie. It would have been more believable. But just the way Joaquin and So were together, it just seemed like a bad idea. And I mean, they did a horrible job in trying to convince the tribe that, um, you know, the truth. It was so bad. Now, Nadia, do you remember So Kim at all from your time in Survivor 29 from pregame? Because, of course, we know that So and her sister were supposed to be the ninth and 10th women on Survivor Sam Wandel Sur and ultimately didn't get to play in that season. Yeah, we, I mean, I totally remember her and her sister and me and Addie were kind of psyched that there was another girl-girl team. They looked athletic and, you know, definitely me and Addie were planning on working with whoever would have ended up on our tribes. Um, so I do remember her and, you know, obviously naturally me and Addie were rooting for So this season as well. So it's, Really disappointing to see her go out uh, the way she did. I, you know, I just felt super like had lots of like feelings like how I did. I felt like I, you know, I've literally been there. So I, I, you know, I reached out to so and I was like, girl, I've been there. Like sucks. Looks like she was totally blindsided like me. Um, So my heart goes out to so for sure. Now, Nadia, is it true that you said that you wish that so was on Survivor 29 so that she would have been the first person kicked off? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I wish you would have been on season 29 with me. So I wouldn't have needed Josh for one of the girls. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I mean, obviously if she had gone out instead of me, obviously that would have been better than me going out. But I mean, I mostly, so I could, I would have definitely worked with. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, did you guys ever talk about what would have happened if one of you were not cleared uh, for medical, like what happened with So and her sister, and then they played the season uh, without, she just played the season without her sister. Uh, would that have worked w- with you guys? Have you ever talked about this? Um, we've actually never th- talked about it, but if one of us were the same caller, which is no caller right now, obviously because we're both un- unemployed, but um, <laughs> so if one of us had gotten taken away and one of us returned, we would have been on no caller, which seems like I would love to be on the no caller tribe if I was choosing after episode one, they just seem way more chill. And also at the same time, they have some crazy personalities, which takes the target off, you know, all the other tribe mates. Um, but yeah, we could have done that if one of us didn't get cleared for whatever reason, we would have gone back and been on no collar. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that was sort of striking in this season, which it does feel like the game is moving uh, very fast uh, with these three tribes 
of six. And it does seem like there are a lot of people that uh, are the more of these survivor fans and uh, know a little bit more about the game as opposed to uh, some of the people from survivor San Juan del Sur. Is that something that you guys have picked up on also? Um, this is Natalie. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of savvy quote unquote savvy players. Um, and you know, people always want to dog 29 and say we didn't have a lot of um, super fans. I mean, it, it is a little obvious, but at the same time, I just feel like San Juan del Sur, you're coming in, we're all newbies, but we're also playing Blood versus Water, which is survival with a crazy twist. There's only been two seasons that have done Blood versus Water, and one of them had returning players who were, you know, associated with a loved one that kind of knows Survivor because their loved one has gone through the process and is familiar with Survivor. So I think that, you know, playing as newbies, but playing Survivor Blood versus Water is a completely different ball game. But um, it is kind of obvious that these guys are way more, um, I don't more- know, even cutthroat, I would say. But in Blood versus Water, it's a way different game. You can't be as crazy because the dynamics of blood makes everything so different. And I also think, this is Nadia, I also think the fact that it's, three uh three tribes um and you can't there's really nowhere to hide in a you know in a smaller tribe so i think people are playing harder out the out the gate because of that reason because there's you know like look at so kim and there's there's literally nowhere to hide everybody's exposed whereas look at koyopa our first our first tribal like literally there could have been so many options but you know it's a it's an easier game when there's somewhere to blend in with the numbers all right, I'm sure as you guys were watching the episode last night, you were talking through this decision, uh, the honest or deceive. What would you guys have each done? Is it the, you guys both reached the same decision? What you would say? Yeah, we both said we would do the honest um, bag. Really? Because, even you, Natalie? Yeah, even me at that point in the game, I would have done honest. Um, you know, it depends on like my tribe and who I would have been picked with to go. If I got picked to go with Joaquin, I would have picked dishonest if he wanted to, but I would have gone back to camp and told everybody, Joaquin forced me to make this decision, guys. He has the idle clue. I tried to take the honest bag and I would have pinned it on him. I wouldn't have been like so, so kind of went along. You could tell that so didn't really want to do the dishonest, but she let Joaquin kind of convince her, but then he didn't get any of the heat. She took all the heat in the process. So if I was with Joaquin and he wanted to take it, I would have let him do it, but then gone back to camp and exposed him and, tried to, you know, tell my tribe, listen, I didn't want to take it, but he took it. And so did say, she said, I know, she said, I feel like I just made a deal with the devil. So she knew she was making a bad decision. And I feel like, you know, that's a decision that would, will, would, will, you know, is the reason that she got out. And at the same time, I also told yesterday that they were both too good looking and too young to be going off together. Like Natalie said, if she was, if I was going, if they're just too they stood out together too much. If I had gone with an older couple, an older guy, or a less attractive person, I feel like they wouldn't have got the heat that much. So if it was you and Dale, then it would have been fine? <laughs> yes, exactly. I would have taken Dale, and then, you know, you you just kind of, nobody really pays attention yeah, to you. Yeah, that kind of allows you to, like, just kind of balance each other out because they stood out, out like, from the start. So it was just a mess from the start for them. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you really are, you know, figuratively, you know, in bed with that person at, at that point. Um, you know, it could go it could go either way uh, unless you do what Natalie is saying and just uh, completely just blow up that person's spot. And actually, uh, Jeff Probst in his interview with Dalton Ross said that's what he would do. Also, he would come back and say, hey, the other person made me do oh, it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I just that that to me seems like the the best deal because then you read the clue, but at the same time you can wash the blood off your hands and also form alliances with the rest of your tribe mates. And Joaquin would have been a perfect guy to pinpoint it on because he was so cocky and um the girls would have bought it immediately. Yeah. Um as far as this white collar tribe goes, now how do you think this plays out from here? Uh how about you, Natalie? Let's start with you. Um, well, I it seemed so impossible to me that they suck so much on the chal- on the on the puzzle part. Um, but they could have like a Koyopa kind of bad luck. They got rid of one of the stronger girls out the gate. I don't think any of the other females have anything physically on so. Um, and so they could just be doomed like Koyopa and just start losing um you know, you see brains versus bronze in Survivor at the start. Bronze is always going to carry the weight better and perform better in challenges unless it's like a puzzle only challenge. But then look at blue collar. They blew it away. So I think that um, white collar might be uh, do headed towards a Koyopa kind of disaster. Really? Nadia, is that what you think also? You think that uh, they are doomed to repeat? Uh, <laughs> are they on Koyopa Beach? No, they're on. Okay. Uh, it's kind of, could yeah. be cursed. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like deja vu the whole thing. We did the same thing on Koyopa. We had a lead up until the freaking puzzle. And, uh, you know, the brainiacs yeah. on our tribe uh, <laughs> blew the puzzle for us. So it's exactly almost mirrored images of what happened to us. Uh, we went in with a head start. So was, you know, our John Rocker. John Rocker got us <laughs> at head start. Um, on our tribe and then you know uh, Alec and Josh and uh, Jacqueline you know kind of blew the puzzle for us and then we went to tribal we all thought you know most of us thought Dale was going home um, and then so ended up going home and um, if I had to pick it out I would think they'd lose the next challenge as well they don't have the numbers they don't have their strongest girl and now they're also in a panic mode which you, you saw Koyopa when you're losing and you feel distressed, you're not going to be able to perform as well. Well, now they're in a tough spot because they've already said that they don't want to vote off one of the guys because they want to, you know, keep their strength. And, you know, I think that Nadia, like to your detriment, I feel like in a tribe of 10, uh, you know, you if you have somebody who's a, a strong female like you are, um, it doesn't hurt you as much as if you were in a tribe of six. I feel like a tribe of six, uh, they could never get rid of you early on because they need your strength in the challenges because you have to, uh, you know, keep a, a strong team. And so I feel like now if they're saying they don't want to vote out one of the guys, now they're, they're looking at either Carolyn or Shireen and Carolyn has the hidden immunity idol. And so unless they're, I don't think you can, uh, uh I'll defer to you, Natalie. Can you do anything here with, with, uh, five people? Uh, I don't know. And Ka- Carolyn really surprised me. I'm surprised she did not play an idol last night. With yeah, all I'm the surprised. Heat. Yeah, with all the heat at Tribal, it just seems so impossible. I, I mean, at this point, if I was one of the girls, the girls really have kind of, there's none of, only Soul was the kind of girl who was like me, who could go between the guys and the girls and have that bond both ways. Um, the, These girls seem exactly like the Hunapu girls, kind of to themselves, and the guys don't want anything to do with them. So unless they one of them strikes a deal with the guys and kind of gets in with the bromance. Um, seems like uh, it might be another girl going back, going home from um, white collar. So do you guys think it would be Shireen or do you think that the ultimate alliance of four is able to stick or, or the alliance of three plus Tyler, are they able to then get rid of Joaquin? 
I I feel like there's something that we don't know yet because I mean I can't believe she didn't play an idol. I feel like Max has something to do with um the fact that they were all like so sure yeah. that they all voted for so seems seems so weird to me that they that you know only so and Joaquin weren't on the same page. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, I would vote out. I would get rid of Shireen, Shireen just because too. physically, at like they said, at this point, you need to have your team be strong to do anything. And so I would just be looking at challenges, and I would say, you know, you didn't perform well on the puzzle. You completely blew it and sucked. And so the other girl seems a little bit more hardy and physically, and she has an idol. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. And well, then Carolyn has still, the idol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the other one, she just looks horrific. Like she looks so frail and. Like she can't do anything. At this point, when you don't know anybody, you have to just base it on performance. And she did not perform at the challenge. She did. She messed it up for them. So I would have to get rid of Shireen. You guys are being so hard on Shireen and Carolyn. Uh, (laughs) Well, I wouldn't wouldn't get rid of Joaquim. I would keep him just because, listen, I'm not losing my strong, strong people. It's not a looks thing? No, and it's not a girl or boy thing because... When I was on Hunapu, the guys came up to me day one and they said, listen, we're getting rid of a girl because the girls are weaker right now in this tribe. It was me and they didn't even put me on the table to be voted off because they considered me stronger even than some of the guys. But, you know, it just happened to be that Hunapu had weaker girls than guys. Well, then how come, Natalie, you voted off Drew Christie? Isn't he a badass in the challenges? Well, he ended up being crazy. um, Basically, I'm a badass. Yeah. Um, he's trying to get my pillow. He's like, Natalie, send me my pillow. That's my pillow. Your RHAP fan favorite uh, yes. throw pillow. And by the way, he's I have struck- to send you your sash. Next, you have all of the RHAP trophies. I know. It's crazy. I can't believe I got all three. It's kind of... And it's it's just fun. It's cool. <laughs> yes. And Drew Christie wants it? Yeah. He's like, literally, he's like, Natalie, you know, that's my pillow. Send it to me. I was like, come get it. Earn it. Earn it, Drew. Yeah. Earn it, Drew Christie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was a, a pillow collector. I think he just wants to have it in his house so when Tinder girls come over, he can impress them with his pillow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> sorry. So you guys are both in favor of uh, keeping the guys around. Um, before we move on to some of the other tribes, I'm also curious to know uh, have you guys had any meetings of Max? Do you guys have any feelings about Max going into the game? Max is a funny story. We started, I followed him during our season and cause, cause his tweets were really funny and he, uh, you know, we DM'd a little bit about like, uh, this like troll on Twitter. So, but I had no idea. And then when the spoilers came out, I literally DM'd him. I was like, so cast is out. Like, yeah. What the hell? And he was like, no comment. So eh, this is Natalie. And he used to tweet so much shit. So he used to make fun of like our whole season. Like his live tweets are actually really funny. funny. And he specifically like the John Rocker thing. He's like, I wish John Rocker had not knocked Natalie's teeth out and stuff. So, but I still followed him because it was so funny. So he seems his intro was really, really like he came off like such a douchebag in his intro. Um, it's really, he's obviously really confident, but I don't think that kind of confidence is really good for survival because you really can be that overconfident about your abilities. Cause no matter how much you've studied this game, it literally is so much on the fly, but we'll see. He see, I'm rooting for him. I I'd like to, for him to go far, but I don't know how, if that's going to happen. Okay. So you're not mad at him about the things he said. No, no, no. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> well, you guys are, you guys are good sports. Yeah. He's yeah. funny. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the other tribes. Let's talk about white collar uh, so much. And, 
Um, the no collar tribe, there's some uh, crazy stuff going on there, but I, I want to talk about the blue collar tribe a little bit because I didn't get to talk about this last night with Stephen Fishback, but I watched the episode again this morning and I was really uh, very interested in the dynamics that was going on with the blue collar tribe, specifically with Dan and Mike, who I thought in the preseason, those two guys were going to sort of be like the foundation of which everything else was going to revolve around and yeah i think i was right that those two guys got together but it almost seems like maybe the other four people are going to sort of surround and drown uh both dan and mike uh nadia what is your take on that yeah dan gives you know the saying going postal a whole new <laughs> meaning um he literally went psycho <laughs> crazy on the beach and it's like dude it's so early for you to be losing your shit um and mike is actually pretty funny i feel like he's you know i don't know if he's acting the part but he's so like kind of aloof on the whole thing he's getting by and then eating the scorpion and oh stuff like dude seriously um i i fi- find the blue collars like the team that um, like America is going to be rooting for, like out of the, you know, I think it's the most neutral out of the three tribes and they're fun, but they're a mess at the same time. They're the biggest <laughs> mess at this point. Natalie, what, what's your take on Dan? Um, Yeah. Dan at the start, I was like, okay, he seemed like he could be that funny guy. Like, you know, like the fat version of Keith, but Keith is just way <laughs> fat more cool. Version like, of Keith. Yeah, but not even, I can't even compare it. Cause Keith is so suave. Like, he Whoa. came on the beach after being away for two days at exile. And he was like the man on camp. As soon as he came, he knows what to say, when to say it. Uh, un- sometimes not really, unless it's tribal council. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dan just blew himself up and he just acted like a complete freakazoid. And then what's up with these underwear? Like, yeah, you know, like, right. Oh, who was it? No, Mike's underwear, right? No, no Dan. Dan. It was Dan. Oh, it was Dan. <laughs> yeah. Being a freak, like totally unnecessary. Like, uh, you know, I think feel like um, what is it? Clothing? Who's in charge? Wardrobe should have totally put a stop to that before it even happened. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of John Rocker. John Rocker, these tiny. But at least John Rocker's body is good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was not a very blue collar pair of underwear. That was a very yeah, no collar no. pair oh, of also, underwear. Yeah. Also, Rob, who's the gay? Do we have a gay this season? Uh, or like a yeah, Indian? Kelly. Oh, Kelly is. Yeah, I, yes. I got vibes from her. Yes. Yes. Oh, Nadia, you were good at reading gay vibes? Lesbian vibes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the side shave helped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kelly didn't really have too much to do last night, but she was one of the people that was getting into it uh, with Dan because, yeah. uh, they, of course, they try to be honest. They try to be good guys about the whole uh, honest or deceived thing. But the yeah. problem is that you have a couple of these women on the tribe in Sierra and Lindsay that don't believe, don't believe them. It. Is that a believable story that they came back and told Natalie? I mean, I believe them. Um, you know, I figured that I, when we were watching it, we figured the only tribe that would do choose deceive would be white collar. Even before we realized who was picking what and who would be picking me and Natalie were like the only tribe that's going to pick deceive is going to be white collar. They're going to live up to that, that, you know, stereotype. But yeah, I just don't know why the girls didn't believe them when they came back. It was just like, um, you know, it just seemed like, why are you being so off the gate? That was a decent size of beans. It wasn't like a small bag of beans. Yeah, I think they're just paranoid. It's just paranoia for day one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Natalie, how many Flint would you trade for a bag of beans that size? 
Uh, well, we did have a decent sized <laughs> bag of beans, but I would give up. The two flints? I would, I would have given up Dale for a flint. <laughs> oh, beans. One oh, Dale. beans. <laughs> yeah. You know, I almost feel like what really created problems for people was, you know, you had everybody pick, okay, who's the leader? And then, okay, you had, uh, you know, you had each, each one person like stood up. And it yeah. was Dan for the blue collar tribe. But then when yeah. you had to pick the second person, yeah. it was almost like the act of picking the second person sort of like raised everybody's eyebrows uh, in the in at least in two of the three groups of, yeah. oh, OK, these two people are together. They have something going on because they're yeah, working except, together. Except no collar. Yeah, and no collar. They didn't care. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like why So Kim would just raise a hand. I'm like, me, pick me, pick me. Like, you know, it's like. Hey, I think you're hot. I want to go with you. I don't want to be stuck with the rest of them. Like, it's so unnecessary. Like, we all know volunteering for anything is bad. Like, Jeremy volunteering. Like, it made for an awesome episode. It just was not good strategically to volunteer for anything that early in the game. If somebody... When you say, uh, like, in the first episode when Jeremy volunteered and then had to go into the duel against Val? Exactly. It's like, if you get picked, that's fine. Nobody's going to blame you if you get picked. Like Val, she got picked to go. She didn't make that decision. She was safe the first tribal because people said, you know what, you just, it's going to be human nature to be like, listen, she didn't put herself in this position. Let's send Nadia home instead of Val because she went to exile, not by her choice. Like Jeremy, on the other hand, he out the gate did that. And he, from the start, put a huge target on his back for being this crazy going hard player who's like playing the game and he's doing all these things. And from the start, it was like, you know, not a good move. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it's really ever advantageous to sort of be the person to put your hand up and, you know, volunteer early on in the season. I mean, sometimes they do a thing where you get to draft the teams and you get to like be yeah. like the captain of like <laughs> drafting tribes, but like schoolyard pick style. Yeah, they but they don't do that anymore. So I feel like only bad things can happen to you if you volunteer. Yeah. I think Max was right about that. Yeah. I mean, I volunteered for exile, got away with it a couple of times with Baylor. But that and, wasn't day one. No, no, definitely not. Like only bad stuff can put a target on your back. Because I really do think that in Survivor, what you want to do is just like lay low the first three days. And I know that that was a issue for you guys because coming into the game and people knowing you from the amazing race, it's hard to keep a low profile. Um, But I feel like if nobody even knows who you are, I feel like uh, it's hard for people to come up with a reason to vote you out. And yeah, and another thing is, Playing Survivor, if you have to look at dynamics in terms of minorities, uh, minority status, whether you're a female, a woman of color, what if you if you stand out already? Like if I was in a tribe with all white people, I already stand out. I'm not gonna put myself out there, and I feel like so already stood out as the only woman minority in her group. She should have tried to blend in as much as possible. It's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. Funny that it was, you know, so that really ended up taking all the blame for everything. And really, it almost seems like Joaquin did seem to uh, get off pretty scot-free on all this. Yeah, he played his cards really well at Tribal. He maintained, like, you know, just a very neutral position. He let Sokim go crazy and he let, uh, you know, uh, Carolyn go crazy. And uh, is that, am I saying a name right? Carolyn, Carolyn, right? And he just stood back and, uh, you know, let everybody else do all the talking, which he did what bros do, like yeah. just no drama. Like he just didn't want no part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I was trying to figure out who Joaquin looked like as I was watching the episode last night. I'm like, I like he looks like somebody. And then this morning, I finally figured out who it is. Sanchez, uh, yes, I saw it. Yes. Oh my god, Mark Sanchez. And I feel oh, like, oh yeah, the hair. I, I think the they hair, have a lot in yeah. common. These two. What oh. is that? What is Joaquin's uh, ethnic background? Um, you know, I don't know. I have to look at what his last name is. It's yeah. it's super long. S O U. Maybe he's Brazilian. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. He's a hard, hardcore New York. Uh, New, he loves New York. Maybe he's related to Sanchez. You never know. <laughs> he could be. I think Sanchez <laughs> is from uh, the West Coast, but. Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. He's like his uh, brother from another mother. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Except Stockier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and last night might have been the, the butt fumble for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully he gets drafted by the Eagles and he starts balling out now next, next episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, just uh, going back to our conversation about the blue collar people. So do you guys think that Dan is the first person out of that group? I don't know. I hope so. I actually really, really like um, um, the cop. Kelly. Kelly. Um, yeah. From, from before and the way she stood up to, um, you know, Dan and she like put her foot down. It was it was awesome to see, but she did it in a way which wasn't annoying. It was awesome. Like and uh, I'm rooting for her. I don't mind if Dan goes out first, although he might stir up the pot. I really also really like um uh, Mike, so I don't know. Well, do you guys think that Mike needs to disassociate himself from Dan? The problem is that Mike seems like uh, he's probably in an okay spot, but yeah. his closest ally is the guy that's getting on everybody's nerves. No. So does he need to cut the cord there and try to, you know, is he willing to cut bait on Dan or does he end up sort of going down with the ship and ending up in, you know, with a person as his main partner who nobody else likes? What do you think, Nadia? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the John of our season where, you know, John and uh, obviously very different at the same time, but John and Drew were together and John was kind of like the aloof, funny guy who the girls were laughing at. But then Drew became like this uh, unpredictable kind of like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? And he had to John ended up, you know, coming to Jeremy the day before the day that tribal happened. It was like, listen, I think, you know, Drew, I'm good to go with Drew if you want, because he realized that Drew was, uh, you know, ticking time bomb and he did not want to be like, listen, I don't want to be associated with him. So I would like to see Mike actually make that move and tell the people like, listen, I'm down for Mike vote out if they lose next, uh, you know, immunity challenge. But I feel like he's very loyal. Like, I do feel like he's going to stick with Dan. And I feel like there's an opportunity for Rodney, who I think he could potentially pick up the other three women in the group. Do you guys see that as a possibility of Rodney being set up here in a good spot as the one guy with the three women as an alliance? I feel like he's in a good spot because he's he's from the two guys from the three guys on the tribe. He's not raising any flags and he's kind of like the strongest physically. So the girls are going to want to keep if the girls are going on with the girl alliance, they want a strong guy to pick up the slack where the other two guys, if they're not going to be around. So I feel like they're going to they would want to keep them around. I would want to keep him around if I had a girls alliance for sure. Um, also, the fact that he had a game plan going in and he worked immediately. He knew what to do with the girls and it worked like a charm. So him kind of becoming relatable and telling them a story that um you know about his life and then showing them the tattoo like that she's gonna go back and tell the other girls because obviously girls are well everybody's talking so much and i think he's in a good spot um 
as long as he doesn't tell them to their face like Alec did, like, yeah, you guys are useless and you guys need me around, um, you know, and he plays the part of being the gentleman, but secretly thinking that these girls are useless. I think he'll uh, he'll be in a good spot. Okay. Yeah, I think that he's somebody who I thought was going to be more of a train wreck, but I think he's actually uh, in a good spot. I wasn't really seeing Dan as being the train wreck, but like Dan has been so bad so far that it almost seems like he is pushing the other people together. And I think that Rodney has been uh, very charming so far. Yeah, I agree. I thought Dan was going to be way better as well. He just seemed like... um you know, a guy that could go over with everybody and hang out and be friends, but uh, yeah, he's kind of like filling up all the stereotypes of like post office <laughs> workers. Like we all hate them because they're crazy when you go into the post office and he's not helping. I don't know. He's a train wreck. Yeah, he's really just. Um, I thought as somebody who really knows the game well and somebody who's been a longtime fan that he would be much more low key. Like I felt like he's just going to be a guy who, you know, as Natalie talks about Keith's just somebody who's like sort of like a low key guy who's really chill and people are going to be able to, you know, he's going to juggle, he's going to be fun, but he's yeah, just been yeah. like way too intense. Uh, yeah, and people don't right. like that early on, especially and I thought that it was I was it Kelly that was saying like, look, you've got like these 20 year old girls who are here. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, you got to you, you're not communicating with them well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he, yeah. It's not good for not good for Dan. Like I could easily see him being uh, first one out here. Yeah, he's he's totally becoming the outcast of the tribe, and he's definitely isolating himself. And if it wasn't for uh, Mike right now, he would definitely just be all alone. Yeah, you got to have more allies than just one person. Yeah, no matter how good of a friend you are with Mike, you know, there's f- uh, four other people in this group. Uh, let's talk about the no collar tribe, because that was certainly outside of maybe uh, the neutral box, uh, the wackiest things that we saw last night. And we have ourselves a survivor love triangle uh, between yeah. Joe and Vince and Jen. And yeah. things have gotten things have gotten uh, very crazy. Natalie, have you ever seen anything like this on Survivor before? I mean, he, off the bat, he was the one who was like, oh, Vince was like, peace and love. Like, I'm not going to stress. And then immediately, somehow, when he got to the beach, he's like, I don't trust him. Like, and I need to protect my girl. And like, he just went crazy. Like, his attitude at the start was way better. Um, I think Jen's doing a good job of kind of staying in the middle. And, um, you know, Joe's so sweet. And he seems like the person that on camp, everybody's going to be like, Oh my God, I want to be friends with Joe and I want him in my corner. Um, and he was good on the challenge as well. So but at the same time, Vince is really surprising me. Like he like looks like, you know, he'd be like this stoner guy, like not even involved, but he's really surprising me with how well he's doing on the challenges and how into, into the game he is, despite like how he comes off, like he might not care. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just start with the uh, Joe and Jen uh, part of this. Um, do you think, is is uh is that a thing is there an actual flirtation there do you guys think that uh does uh jen have the hots for joe does joe have the hots for jen what do you think nadia survival love is like really weird and i i text this to our group message yesterday i said you know like so and and um joaquin and then joe and you know his boo they reminded me kind of bela and alec on day one like i would i was out walking with bela and alec looking for for firewood and then i'd turn around and they'd be gone like off by themselves in the woods and i texted the group i was like look guys it's young love and survivor just like uh, <laughs> Baylor and alec so it's weird i feel like you just want to you it's 
I didn't understand it because I couldn't imagine, you know, being booed up on day one. But it happened and it's weird and awkward, I feel like. And it's awkward for everybody else at camp. That's yeah. the thing about it. And it just alienates you. But I don't know if they have a real thing. I think Jen is more being more strategic about it than the guys are, which is funny because two of them are both kind of like, oh, yeah, Jen's like the one that I'm going to make a bond with. And uh She's kind of like thinking about it, not just going along with it. I mean, like, oh, cute. Like, I got two booze. Like, she's actually thinking about it and actually using it to her advantage, which is better than just being an idiot about it. Yeah. No, it, it just reminds me of Wes, Alec and and Baylor, because when we were on the beach, the day one, two, three, the three of them would stay up late by the fire. Like it was like the old heads went to sleep at like six. And then me, Jacqueline and uh, Josh would stay up. Until about who knows what time, but a little bit later. Yeah. And then the the young kids would stay by the fire, the three of them. And we were like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in a bit of uncharted territory here on Survivor with uh, these love triangles. Like we really have not seen this uh, very much. And, and really, it's never been a big factor where you have really like two guys uh, into the same the same woman you know there's a, a little bit a couple times uh, we've had something like that even uh, most recently when there was the allegations that was Jacqueline flirting with Alec Christie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know I mean it's crazy because when you're out there at the start it just everybody's brand new you're not in your in your natural environment and I think it's just I mean if I was her and I had these two guys kind of you know, doting on me, I would take advantage of it. But I, at the same time, it's just putting a huge target on your back because the other girls and the guys are going to just be like, all right, this needs to end. Let's cut it off right now. But um, as far, yeah, it's just weird on camp, like how offended people get. Like when I was watching um, uh, Alec and Jacqueline, like I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? Because I felt like I knew Jacqueline and John so well. And then, you know, it's obviously me being one on Survivor and using it to my advantage to kind of like rile up feathers. But it's just, I don't know, it's weird. And especially on Blood versus Water, Triangle is weird because it's actual couples coming in with, a, you know, an actual relationship from the yeah. Day. yeah, nothing good can come out of a three-way love triangle in Survivor and in real life. Yeah, in real life too. Is that is that true, Natalie? Um, yeah, I would say it's it's not worth the drama. Honestly. Yeah, not worth the drama. All right, that'll be another podcast if you guys have any uh, any stories about that. All right, um, do you think can Jen ride this out for like? Can she make this work for her for another ten days, twelve days, or does she need to pick a side fast on this and get either Vince, which would probably be the pick, or Joe voted out? I think the guys um, are going to get hip. And so she needs to pick a side because if she tries to do it for too long, the guys are going to get together and be like, listen, this girl is playing us. Let's get her off the beach. And uh, it's just going to be too much, too much work to do while trying to juggle the alliances with the rest of the people on um, the beach. If she just had to worry about just worrying about the two guys and playing a cards right with them, it's one thing, but it's just too many things to worry about socially. So I think she needs to cut one of them off and I would actually cut off Vince and yeah. um you know stick with um with Joe with Joe you know that's an odd tribe the no call and I guess appropriately it's an odd tribe because I really yeah. can't figure out what the alliances are going on there it's like I feel like you know Vince thinks he's with Jen Jen wants to be with Joe the other three yeah. people are just sort of there we don't really have yeah. any idea 
um, what they're doing. It looks like uh, next week, Nina is going to be off doing her own thing. Will, other than him talking about making sandwiches, we didn't really get to see yeah. much of him. And, yeah. <laughs> and Haley, well, what, what is he talking about? He's going to make a sandwich. I have no idea. <laughs> it's weird that they put that into the cut because it made no sense. So maybe it comes back later in some kind of story with sandwiches, but I have no idea where he's going with that sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so and, odd. I have no idea what he's in. But, you know, he really didn't have anything else the whole episode. So I no. guess they felt like then maybe uh, they didn't want to completely cut him out of the show. Yeah. And it's I wonder how many people know him, if anybody recognized him from his viral YouTube. Because I had actually seen that YouTube video before he was cast. Yeah. But would you recognize that he was that guy? I didn't recognize it was that guy, but I remember the video so well of him singing in front of the gas station. Yeah. And, um, once they said it, if I recognize him, it would he I would use it as a positive because then he comes off of like, yeah, that's my wife. Like I was that guy. Like he comes off as such a likable character in the, in the YouTube video. So I would want to sell that of myself uh, on the beach so people think of me fondly and, uh, you know, don't have any of these reservations against who I am as a person. Yeah. Do you think he's telling people about that? Or you think he's keeping it a secret? I don't think he's going to tell anybody. I think he's going to wait and see what happens. And um I don't think he's going to like come out and say it. I mean, why would anybody vote him out over that? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I know people are crazy with the things that they tell people and, and not tell people. Yeah. Uh, Steven brought it up last night on the know-it-alls about how Rodney said, I'm well, I'm really a contractor, but I'm going to tell people I'm a furniture mover. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but for uh, for Will, I don't understand why. Unless he's maybe he's telling people like he works at Subway. He's a sandwich artist, and maybe then they're like, "Oh man, he works at Subway. He must really need the money." Yeah, bartender is um is a less of, of like a more of a tricky occupation. I feel like I would say I'm telling somebody you're a teacher or you know working at a restaurant is better than being like, "Oh, I'm a bartender," because that makes you seem like untrustable almost and like you're used to doing things for money and yeah. working for tips which versus working for um you know something that is more of a quote-unquote um it's an hard. honorable job yeah it's Whoa. hard to trust somebody who works for tips their life is based on tips interesting so you're saying that the person who works based on tips like they they probably do uh, are more likely to you know do anything for to make money uh, whereas the person who works hourly, you feel like you could trust them more? Exactly. Say if I was on the beach and the girl came up and she's like, I'm a bartender. I would not want to work with her or trust her in a position. Or where a stripper. I'm, yeah. Or <laughs> well, exactly. A bartender and stripper, I feel like, is different. Um, I mean, <laughs> depends where you go. Because in New York, the bartenders are basically strippers. <laughs> and hookers even sometimes. Whoa. Um, um, it d- depends on the club, you know. The, the, yeah, you guys must go to some good places. This is like the kind of club we went to with John Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, from what I remember, wasn't that actually a strip club? No, because all their clothes were kept on. I don't think that's a real strip club. I guess. But I think they were interchanging the bartenders and the strippers because they kept all their clothes on. So one girl would just get up when she yeah, was tired. Exactly. <laughs> think we're going to get some angry letters from bartenders after this podcast. <laughs> and strippers. But that's just me like. And, and like when I was on the beach, I would, I never lied about who I was. I said, you know, I'm a CrossFit coach and I'm a babysitter and that you see how well the tribe accepted me. I never, you know, and I never lied about, I, I told them about my eating race. And then I said, you know, I babysit these kids in Miami. I fly out to Miami. I babysit a kid in my building and, uh, 
and I coach CrossFit and that's what I do. And I can't come off. I mean, I used to talk about the kids. I used to talk about the, the kids in Miami and my the kid here. And I just come off as such a more likable and trustable person versus if I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a bartender in New York City, guys. Like, I would not want to, you know, work with somebody who is used to manipulating people in a way to get what they want versus a babysitter, you know? Somebody's used to selling the dream, you know? Like, you don't want to dress somebody like that. Interesting. Now, would this apply to anybody like from the no collar or blue collar tribe? Would you automatically say, okay, this person is blue collar. I can trust them as opposed to oh, this person's no collar. Who knows what they are capable of? Uh, well, we're partial to, to no collar. So I feel like I, I can identify with mo- no collar the most. Um, but and- we did do the nine to five thing. And at the same time, like a cop would raise flags for me because I'm, I'm just going to be thinking, listen, She's trained to read people. She's trained to expect what's going to happen next. She's like, you know, has so much more of an advantage in like socially and life wise and everything. So I would that would raise like, you know, um, flags for me. But if I saw somebody who was a postal worker, I would not be worried about working with them because I'm going to assume that they have they don't have a skill set that a a cop would have. Hmm. But the guy who's the postal worker is uh, could be the most unstable. Out of the whole group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't be worried about it. I would love to take Dan. If I was on the beach, I'd keep Dan around because I'd be like, listen, I see if he's around, then I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I th- that's what I thought about Bela, and that didn't work out for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have winner picks for this season? Oh, God, it's so hard. I said at the start, Kelly. Yeah. And I also said, for some reason, I don't know why, I also had um, Texas Mike. Okay. So those are the two I was leading about. I heard about Kelly from before even season, like before, like through spoilers or whatever. I heard that there was a upstate New York cop. And And when you say spoilers, uh, that you're talking about when you heard about the cast, it's not like you found out how the season's going to play out, right? No, 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 no. I mean, like when people leak the cast. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when people will like release pictures and I think, Oh, I don't know how they got everybody at the same time. Like our season, the spoilers were me and Nadia, Reed and Josh and Alec and Drew early, early as hell. And then the rest of them were later, but this cast, one day I went on Instagram and everybody was uh, posting all the cast pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how they yeah. do it. But I just, I just, I, you know, I love strong women. And I think that she, if I was going to pick a girl that was most like me, I would pick her on from this season. And I think that, uh, you know, I would love to see her go far into the game and uh, just wreck the guys. Okay. So that's Kelly, Kelly. For, for Natalie and yeah. Mike for Nadia. Uh, I was, I was looking at you. I was looking at how the, the first episode goes and Tyler, cause he didn't get a lot of airtime. I'm wondering if they're doing something like how, they didn't give Natalie any shine <laughs> early on in the game. Yes. Like Tyler seems like a smart guy. He hasn't raised any flags. Nobody's even brought up his name like in a bad way or like he seems like he might be able to do some, you know, go far. I mean, he's athletic, obviously, um, and he's smart. I don't know. I feel like he, I would like to see him go far um, as well as Kelly. Obviously, I'm rooting for Kelly as well. Okay. Um, um, and she's an East Coast girl. And I don't, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I don't know about this edit stuff is weird because after like I cussed out John Rocker and they edited it so weird, nobody would have ever picked me to win. And the way they edited it, this, that scene, 
everyone's like, okay, Nats, ne- next, vote it off. <laughs> yeah. So editing, I don't think you can trust editing. Yeah, no. Yeah, the editing's very tricky. Um, yeah. You know, before we get to some of the questions from the listeners, I, I want to uh, ask Nadia about that. You know, we didn't get to talk to you after Natalie won. Uh, we talked to you right after the first episode, and then we didn't really hear from you, and they didn't really check in with you during the reunion. But I'm just interested to know your, you know, perspective on everything that ultimately ended up happening, where you're the first person off, but your sister goes on to win the game. Does that make it, was that harder uh, for you to to uh, deal with being the first person off that your identical twin sister uh, goes on to win the game? Because it was like, ah, that could have been me. I was so I, I was so close. I had all of the skills to do it. Or does it make it easier for you because you say that, hey, it was all worth it because my sister won? No, I think it makes it so awesome for me to walk away without any regrets because I mean, I don't know if it's 100% true, but, you know, the ripple effect and the chain of events in Survivor is so crazy, especially with blood versus water, that I can literally walk away with absolutely no regrets that I got voted off first because Natalie won. And the only, the only, if Natalie came off the beach second, I would have been so livid. The only thing, the only option for me being able to walk away happy is Natalie winning in this situation, especially after three seasons. Um, And I was just so proud of Natalie and, you know, the fact that the proudest I've been of Natalie is something that she did all on her own is, you know, the most amazing thing. Because after 28 years together, now 29, we've done so much shit and so much crazy shit. We've moved from countries to states, boarding school. Like this, that moment was the proudest I've ever been of Natalie in my entire life. And the fact that, you know, it was something that she did kind of on her own is what made it the most special. Um, so, I mean, I'm grateful for Survivor. Um, you know, I'm not grateful that I went out, but Natalie just made it so awesome for me to be able to walk away with absolutely no regrets. Like, I would not want to have made it past that first vote, that first vote, because might, Natalie might have not been winning the whole season if I had. So I can walk away absolutely with absolutely no regrets. So it's awesome for me. Okay. Now, Natalie, as far as as you go um now is it that nadia was unlucky or is just you're better at survivor than she is i think it's a little bit of both i think nadia was really dealt like the worst hand from the two tribes but i don't think nadia helped herself in that situation and i've always said this i said nadia's way more trusting than me and way she's always known as the nicer one and i don't think that gets you far in survivor um, but she's also says things and I, even I watch you as like, why would you say that while you're on survival with a strangest idiot? Um, but I say it all the time. I said, I got help, dealt the shittier hand, but I, but I didn't play a good hand. Uh, Natalie did get Natalie play, got dealt the better hand, but she also played the better hand. And I just think that, you know, the first, the first he tried to lose it's just crazy. I mean, if we had lost that day, Reed would have gone home, which uh, uh, my whole tribe will, you know, um, will confirm that. But it's just, it's crazy when you think about the dynamics of twin sisters, one getting voted off first, both of us having the same background with the amazing race stigma, and then one con- going through the entire season and not even getting one vote against her and winning. Um, I think that Nadi going out the way she did was very instrumental to my game and i don't think that if she had lasted one more vote i don't think that i would have had the the pattern of events and with the timing and the luck and mm-hmm. uh, of course working with for it too 
But, um, you know, I said Nadi did the least amount of work for the biggest, you know, bang. So whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got to vote out people that did Nadi wrong. So she feels vindictive. Uh, like over it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I, only asked the, I only asked the question because you guys are getting along so good. I wanted to see if you guys could fight a little bit today. Oh man! <laughs> you only fight when we're like in the supermarket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's take some questions here from the listeners of Rob has a podcast. We got a lot, a lot of questions uh, for you both today. Okay, um, let, let's start off with uh, this question from uh, Humberto, and Humberto wants to know: uh, Is Carolyn a Missy? Oh man. Um, I think Missy was is was way better at keeping her cool the first day, and I think that even though Missy ruffled feathers, they weren't in your face, so you couldn't pinpoint her at a tribal and be like, "Caroline, I mean, Missy, you're doing this. Missy, you're doing that." Everybody was kept their mouth shut until the end of the season, which I think was amazing on Missy's part, and I think that Caroline, Caroline is being way more um, in your face about it. Roger so that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't feel like she's a, a Missy. I feel like no. that Missy is, I feel like is more like passive aggressive. And yeah, exactly. I feel like that Carolyn is more aggressive aggressive. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I say, I told this to, I've said this to Nadia. I said, if I wasn't in the final three and Missy was up there and I could have coached Missy, I would have told her to own everything she got done for her in the game. And instead of playing the, I'm the cute mom card, play the, I manipulated you guys pretending to be the cute mom, but I got you guys to do what I wanted. I think that would have been a better case for, her. but I don't even think that she realized. I think in her head, she thought she was actually the cute mom, which to me is, you know, really bizarre because she got shit done and not a cute mom way. She, all she had to do was own it. Cause I had no, I thought it was badass in some ways, you know, and um, it's just weird. Yeah, I think she tried to keep up the facade that, hey, I'm just, you know, a nice lady, uh, you know, as opposed to really sort of own that, you know, I, you know, I controlled how things were going. Yeah. And I like I've been through a lot and therefore my character has allowed me to deal with these situations differently than a regular mom of like, you know, you know, single marriage, happily married, like kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is a question from Edward Morris wants to know, was So's lie worse than Val saying she had two idols? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man, um, Val's is pretty bad. I wasn't there. Like, not, neither one of us were on Koyopa when this went down, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But when she came back to try, uh, when she came back, uh, you know, <laughs> to back, her Tarosa, when she joined yeah. me shortly after, um, <laughs> You know, it seemed like she had her back up against the wall. And I don't, as much as the rest of Koyopa want to say they might have voted some other type of way. I feel like either way, she either way, she was coming home. So, <laughs> you know, two idols or no idols. I feel like she was going to be with me in Ponderosa. I feel like So's lie was a little bit more believable, though. Yes. So <laughs> I think So's lie, I think actually really like the neutral. I just think they didn't do a good job. They didn't job. sell it. They didn't sell it. Well, like, So was a bad liar. She was looking down. She was just, they were so haphazard about it. Like, they weren't, like, excited about being, like, they just seemed like, oh, yeah, so this is what happened. Like, we found three pockets and like but i mean i would have come up like you could come up with a cool lie like guys it was a challenge and we could either have taken the big bag we could take a medium-sized bag or competed in this challenge and if we won we could have got a bigger bag but we competed and we lost something different because obviously they did a very different start 
Uh, but yeah, they, they just sold it. It's all about how you sell the lie. It's not about really the, the lie, lie was in itself decent. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. All right. Levi Peterson wants to know which puzzle would you guys have chosen? Have you guys talked about this? Five pieces, yeah. ten pieces, or fifty pieces? The tree. I would have picked, picked the, the tree, tree for sure. Okay. I would have done visual standing up, not fifty fucking pieces. Yeah, <laughs> the tree was looked like so so easy. It was ridiculous that they everybody else chose something else. No, the other people chose a tree. Too. Yeah, I mean, no white uh, white collar. White I mean, collar. Yeah, they chose fifty. Yeah. Dumb. So stupid. Yeah. So dumb. There is some <laughs> yeah. like I've seen some random tweets about whether they threw that challenge, uh, like white collar. I feel like yeah, there's something we don't know that's going on in white hmm. collar. Those crafty white collars. <laughs> That's interesting. If they did throw the challenge, um, it would explain why Shireen did bad at the puzzle. Uh, so bad. It would also explain, um, you know, when they switch out. How from, slowly he walked yeah, towards from, the puzzle. Yeah. From Max Dawson to go to Shireen. If he was in on it, that they were throwing the challenge. Uh, yeah. That's interesting also because there was no sense of urgency. No. Um, it looked cool, but there was no sense of urgency there to try to win the challenge. Like, if I'm on that tribe and we're trying to win the challenge, I'd be like, uh, all right, can we pick up the pace, Max? Yeah. yeah. And didn't Shireen start with the with the keys as well? Oh, no. Who started with the keys? Hmm. I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure. But it was it's just that's a good point. If, you know, if so is the only person who's trying to win that win. challenge, um, it would yeah, make sense so why unlocking. she's untying the knots. Yeah. Hmm. And then that kind of explains why everybody was on the same page except for So, so and Joaquin during, and, the, during yeah. the tribal. And everybody else is like, listen, guys, we already got the plan. No matter what happens, we all threw the challenge together. Let let So go crazy. And that also explains why uh, Carolyn would play her idol because I would have played my idol that night if I had it. It's just so ballsy. I, I know it's the white collar tribe and they're the people that are overthinking things and playing yeah. the game too fast. It's so ballsy to throw the challenge on day First three. Challenge. Yeah. Especially like, for the tribe with just six people. Yeah. I can't imagine that they did do that. If they did, uh, they're crazy. But if they, uh, it's just like, uh, now, now what are you going to do uh, if you go to another uh, tribal council? Because, you exactly. know, these things, they tend to like roll downhill where it's like you lose the first challenge. There's a re- much better chance, especially with three tribes, that you're going to lose the, the next challenge and lose the next challenge. So you end up sort of like getting on a losing streak really easily in the pre-merge game on Survivor. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It seems reckless, but, you know, we've seen people do some crazy things. I don't know. Yeah, we have definitely <laughs> seen people do crazy things. <laughs> okay. Um this is a question from Jeremiah Yap who says, uh, it's been known that so was rumored to have been on San Juan del Sur. With that being said, do you think she would have done better starting out with Koyopa or Hunapu based on how she played the game? I I mean, she would have done better on either tribe, obviously given what happened to her, but I actually do believe she was supposed to be on Koyopa. I think we were supposed to have her sister. And if she was with us, um, I feel like, you know, and the guys wouldn't have been able to. The guys wouldn't have been able to oust us out like that. Um, and Baylor wouldn't have been able to be a, a swing vote. Like she wouldn't have been able to. Um, she would have had to just. She would have probably buckled down and stayed with the girls because it would have been so much safer. Um, and I, I think in that, homie G. Yeah. I think in that position, Josh would have definitely swung the go away. Yeah, he would have probably joined us and bandwagon with the girls as well. I feel like. You know, it's so many if ends or buts and coulda, shoulda, would've, but she would have definitely done way better on Koyopa. I feel like uh, we would have needed her more, so she would have done better on Koyopa than Hunapu because 
who not with so many strong guys that you know and so girls, and Natalie with with the guys obviously <laughs> Um, that we needed her more than Hunabu did. So she would have probably been a bigger asset for Koyopa. Okay. Um, Amy Lynn Shapiro wants to know, do you have any dirt on your time with So Kim from pre-S29? Any dirt? We didn't get to talk at all in the stupid pregame, but me and not, like, I think they recognized us from Amazing Race. And I think that So, I mean, she could have just said this afterwards because we hung out with So in the city afterwards. And um, she said like, oh my God, in I was Soho? No, not yeah. in so. <laughs> Soho, no. <laughs> but we have hung out with So. Yeah, and she is not a hoe. <laughs> yes, thank you. Good, good to hear. But um, no, she said, like, I was looking at you guys and we definitely wanted to work with you. So I think that she would have been better suited. Her and her sister would have been, uh, she would have done way better with us. It would and, have wait, be hard to question? do worse. Oh, any dirt. We don't have any dirt. No okay. dirt. Um. Yeah. No, I don't think we have any dirt. No. Okay. Uh, now, this is an interesting question. Uh, this is from uh, Tim Lamaster. Uh, always, always thinking. Uh, he wants to know if so Kim's sister was on this season as well, would she have won since so was the first boot? No. No. <laughs> I thought that's how it works. No, it's so different. And like, two tribes versus three tribes. tribes. And the, the blood versus water is the thing that made people they saw me cry that day when Nadia came back and Jacqueline I mean all the couples they know what it feels like because they were all there and they all put themselves in my position if they had shown up that day and their loved one was not there how would they feel like Missy was crying for me day three like that's not the kind of that's not the kind of reactions you will see on a regular kind of uh, regular survivor nobody's crying next time white color shows up without you know Without, without soul. soul and it's like those were the kind of long-term um credits that i was able to get with the blood because they all saw me go through something that they did not want to be in that position so i don't think it's it, it would have never happened okay ray duong wants to know would you have eaten a scorpion on survivor uh this is a, we'll give this one to each of you and again um, this was not in a gross food competition this was just like hey need protein yeah, day one, maybe I definitely wouldn't have eaten it day one. But, you know, if I was on exile and, you know, day, I was out there day 30, like four, I would have eaten a scorpion. Um, yeah, this is Nadia. I would have eaten a scorpion as well. I mean, on Amazing Race, I ate two huge buckets full of uh, hot... Buckets? No, buckets. Uh, uh, I ate two bowls full yeah. of frog fallopian tubes. <laughs> yeah, I um, remember. And they were steaming hot. And I w- did that on a full stomach. So I think I could eat... <laughs> scorpions hungry <laughs> for me it wouldn't have been how gross it would be it would be about if i would put myself in a position to be evacuated because when i was on survivor i was actually praying for a gross eating challenge because i was like i need more sustenance and i knew i could eat anything gross so i knew it, it cbs hopefully has certified them as you know okay to eat but um just i would be scared about getting sick yeah, because I think if you just like cut like the pincher off, it doesn't mean that the poison is not in exactly. scorpion, right? He's I don't know, and I would think being from Texas, he would know that bloody scorpions are dangerous, <laughs> but apparently not. Okay, um, Liam Carlson wants to know who told worse lies, uh, John Mish or Joaquin? Um, John Mish, because Joaquin didn't do a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lets so do all the talking. Much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Mike Bloom has another uh, John Mish question. Uh, which who this season is most likely to respond 
NBD to a plan uh, gone wrong, a la John Mish. This is the uh, the uh, NBD theme song. Yeah, NBD. Yes. Um, from these guys, I would say Vince. <laughs> Vince. NBD guys. Oh, no, maybe I maybe uh, the blue collar Mike. Okay. What? Yeah. The the oil driller. What's his name? Mike. Mike. Yeah, maybe Mike would be. No, no I can see Mike. Vince. I can see it. No NBD guys. It's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's NBD. All right. Um, Blue Bear wants to know uh, who on this season will be invited to join the Meat and Beer Alliance. Of course, uh, the Meat and Beer Alliance was what Natalie proposed in yes. her Miss um, Survivor stump speeches. Uh, as an alternative to the wine and cheese alliance, I think we should change it to beer and wings, beer not and wings. meat. <laughs> no, I like meat. That's hope because we have meat collectors on our season. Uh, Hello, yeah, um, yeah. Great. I would invite uh, Joaquin for sure. So Kim, uh, so Kim. Uh, she seems like you know the kind of girl that isn't um, going to be stuck up and stuff, and she's actually not stuck up at all. I would invite. Um, uh, definitely Rodney. He's a total bro. He would fit right in. Yeah. Um. So far, that's all I'm getting by, and maybe Vince. We gotta let Vince in because of the side shave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I need to get that pop in though. But Tony, I need Tony and Jeremy in, and I'm on it, and um, they're both far from me, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> okay. What about what about Spencer? Uh, have you reached out to Spencer at all since becoming Miss Survivor and and working together? Yeah, we were texting. He got uh, like he was he got Wi-Fi and I, we were texting back and forth. And I said, you know, congratulations. And he was like, I'm looking forward to seeing you in March. And I said, you know, it was it was really cool because I was really nervous. Uh, I wasn't even like I was texting Jeremy and I was like, dude, I'm going up first. I was like, Tony went out first. I'm going to go up first. And he's like, don't say that. And I was really happy I made that video. And, you know, I was thinking about tweeting because I have like some outlets that I could have tweeted. I could have tweeted Joey from Amazing Race. He has like a gazillion viewers, uh, followers yeah. on YouTube. I mean, on uh, Twitter. But I said I wanted the f- actual fans to vote, not random freaks. So, um, and I was really happy I made that video because that was the spike on, I put it out randomly la- yeah. like Friday. And, uh, you know, it was a hot mess, but I'm happy I did it because if your competition is going to do something, you have to step up and, um, you know, follow through. And I told I told Jeremy make a video, but you know he has kids and a job, so I gave him an excuse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If people didn't watch the results show, it was so close between Tasha and Natalie that uh, the tabulator Kurt Clark said as of on Friday, Tasha was in the lead, and then much like in your Survivor game, Natalie, uh, that you pulled out the hidden immunity idol right at the last second. Um, yeah. and, uh, instead of playing it for Jacqueline, you played it for yourself and, uh, got over the hump. He said, it, uh, Kurt said it was by only 200 votes that you won. Yeah, that is crazy. No. And I think I have a little bit of an edge on Tasha because I'm also have some fans from amazing race. Uh, the amazing oh. race people put you over. So technically probably more survivor fans voted for Tasha. This is, uh, maybe this is controversy. 
Um, I don't know because amazing, amazing race people listen to you too. So there's still Rob as a podcast. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, but you're and, a Miss Survivor, not Miss Rob as a podcast. Exactly. But I, a lot of fans from Amazing Race started watching. Like I wouldn't say a lot because you know, obviously, if you want watch one, you watch the other one. But a lot of people have tweeted me and like Natalie, I watched Survivor for the first time because you won it, and I watched you on Amazing Race. Okay, so you brought people <laughs> into the Survivor tent. Exactly. And Jeff Probst said this was the biggest premiere that they've had since 2012. So maybe it was because of you. Uh, they <laughs> owe the big numbers. Exactly. I mean, after the finale, how could you not do well? <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I saw the results today too. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, here's a question from uh, Liam Carlson who wants to know, uh, do you have any dating advice for Vince? I, I have so many dating questions for you both. Oh man, Vince. Uh, I would say, you know, take the feathers out of your hair. And, um, he's like, he's not a bad looking guy. He just looks like a complete freakazoid <laughs> and, um, be less aggressive with the girls. Make the girl kind of want to come to you because he's acting thirsty and he shouldn't be acting thirsty. Acting thirsty. This is good advice. So you want to act like you have no thirst. Yes. You don't want to act like the thirst is real. Even though you might be thirsty, you have to pretend like it's <laughs> quenched. Even though you're parched out there. On yes. Yes. I think I'm a- <laughs> Uh, this is good advice. I'm going to write this down. Um, Josh uh, Lemer also wants to know, what would you do if Vince contacted you on Tinder? Oh, I would swipe right to Vince. Yeah, me and Joe uh, and uh, Joaquim already matched on Tinder. So me <laughs> wait, and Joaquim already a Tinder match in New York. I was, wait, is Joe is in New York also? No, no, no Joaquin popped up on. Oh, Joaquin like, and who else? And that's um, it. That's all. Okay, that's that's all so we've seen so far. Okay. We have to like, increase our radius to like 200 miles and then maybe we can find Vince. <laughs> uh, this is a question from Tamir Markowitz who says, OK, how about a ding, marry, kill Joe, Mike and Joaquin? Now, not, uh, now, Natalie, now that you're Miss Survivor, you know the rules of ding, marry, kill now? Yes, I know. OK, uh, <laughs> Joe, Mike and Joaquin. And do you guys have the same answers? Kill. Uh, Mike, Mike. No, wait. Joaquin, Mike, and who? Joe. Oh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. I killed Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Kill Mike. Marry Mike Scorpion. Try to marry Joe Bone. Bon, uh, Joaquin. Because you guys are both on Ding Joaquin, and yeah, then yeah. marry Joe and kill Mike. Kill Mike. Yeah. yeah. Okay, why? Because he ate the scorpion. Because uh, he's like the older guy. Yeah. You guys don't like an older guy. You want you want a well, younger like guy. Forty. Okay. I like an older guy, like thirty, not forty something. Yeah. My Tinder, my Tinder age group maxes out at thirty two. Yeah. Why? How old are you guys? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty eight. <laughs> so you so thirty two. That's it. That's that's, it. that's all it's allowed on, no, on Tinder. I no, think. no, you can go up. That's my speed limit. Oh yeah, okay. That, my right. speed limit is thirty-two. Yeah, same for me. You guys wouldn't date an older guy? No. Mm, I mean, I would forty something. No, no. I'm too much of a mess to be dating somebody that old. Yeah. Even before you had the million dollars, Natalie, you so that is, is it because now you don't need an older guy? No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> what about a younger guy? How how young would you go? Yeah, no, I I have it set to 24, which is kind of young. Yeah. I'm 28. Yeah, that's mad young. 
<laughs> Nadia, you have it higher. You wouldn't go out with a twenty-four-year-old. Yeah, I have it a bit higher right now. I'm on twenty-six. So okay, okay like two years. <laughs> Still, that's a big. Deal. That's a that's a big t- uh, a big jump in uh, in guys. Whole, yeah, yeah, that's a huge demographic of guys that only Natalie has access to. So I'm just giving her, you know, more access to guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Uh, let's let's see. Okay, John Johnson wants to know uh, which former Survivor or Amazing Race player would you love to go on a blind date with? Ooh, now, technically uh, this wouldn't be a blind date because you would know what they look like. Yeah, so it would really just be a regular date. Um, I met Ozzy, but otherwise I would have picked Ozzy to Ozzie. go on a blind date. Yeah, wow. I know. Hmm. But I met him at finale like the day before. Yeah, I was. Not, I don't think I was. I wasn't drunk. I was like tipsy, but I remember thinking he was. He was like a. He's a handsome guy. Ozzy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Amazing race. Who's? Oh my god! Amazing race. James, my boo, James. It's no, not, that no, that we can't do that. We James, already know. Chippendales, James. Chippendales. Which one with James the Y or the or without the, the Y? Y. The yeah. Y. The we, Y. We go on a on a you know third wheel date with James, me, Natalie, and James. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Girls, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Do you guys ever have a time where you guys are f- fight over the same guy? You guys meet? Uh, no, so- never. No, we just pass him off. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Listen, we we matched to some of the same guys and we're like, you can have him. And Natalie's like, no, you can have him. I was like, no, I don't want him. You can have him. Well, guys are so stupid because, I mean, I'm, I, on my Tinder profile, it says I'm a twin. And so why would you swipe right to two girls that look the same? And we have pictures with each other <laughs> on Tinder. So the guys, um, they're so dense because if there's twins... And I have pictures with Nadia and she has pictures with me. Are you just going to think that that's the same? Like this one guy, right? I'd matched with him like probably a couple of months ago, but I stopped talking to him like whatever. Um, And then he swiped Natalie. He's Natalie had, I guess, swiped him probably before I had matched to him. But then he came back as a match yesterday and he messaged Natalie like, hey, what's up, beautiful? And Natalie messaged him back like, hey, won't you match with my twin? And he was like, ha ha, yeah, I saw her in your profile. And she was like, delete. So no, we never have fought about boys. We fought about guys that we're dating that the other one doesn't like or the other one is like right. cock blocking on. But um, yeah, we never fight over them. We just fight about them. Yeah. yeah. So is that hard when one of you is dating and the other one isn't? Because it's like, hey, you know, twinny, I want you to, be, you know, uh, that you're always with this guy all the time. Where You know, it's not like how it used to be. Like, does it have to only work if oh. you're both dating at the same time? No, as long as the guy isn't like an asshole. And like, if I, if not, he's dating a guy and I like the guy, it's totally fun uh-huh. because then it's access like we all hang out together. And then like, then he has access like, to all his friends and then she can have the pick of the litter. Oh, his friends. But <laughs> if the guy's an asshole, then it's just not going to work. Like, no matter what, what? like, because. If you're dating one of us, you have to deal with the other one. By but default. of course, it's easiest like in pairs. So like, obviously, we've never done this, but it, we were actually wifed up for a long time all through college and after college. And then it was easy. Like we'd be like we plan our time with our booze at the same time so we could spend time away and then come back and we'd have each other. Um, but obviously, right now, we're so single. It doesn't even matter. All right, so yeah. what would be ideal for you guys if you to find two other identical twins? No. Would that, would Ooh, that that's be, so weird. No, be unless too weird. they're really hot, then that's fine. Okay. That's so weird. Okay. No. What are, so you want like two guys who are like best friends who want to hang out with each other anyway, 
No, I think that's going to be way too much. We just want, like, if I'm choosing, a like, I just have to get along with Nadia's guy. That's all. I can't. But doesn't his, her guy have to get along with your guy also? Yeah, no, yeah. Interchangeable. Same thing. And then, you know, I mean, I, we've talked about this. If we could, I mean, who knows? Us getting married seems so far-fetched. Like, right now, I can't even imagine it. But if, the, you know, I don't know, miracle happens and me and Nadia both find guys at the same time, if we could have a joint wedding, that would be amazing. I don't know. I think that's a mess. Too. No, I think that's <laughs> And our dad would love it because he could save money on the way. Save money. That would be good. Uh, Kel Sherman wants to know, why do the pretty girls always go out first? Yeah, pretty strong girls. Hello. <laughs> yeah, both in one package. And the minority girls, the brownie and the Asian, the dim sum and the brownie. <laughs> curry and dim sum. No, no, I'm not curry. I'm brownie. <laughs> um i don't know i think that it's um, i think as a minority in the game and as a woman i tell people this when when i did my one-on-one with jeff when we got to the island we didn't meet jeff until we got to the island and everybody else had kind of had their like interview with jeff but we met jeff for the first time days before filming and he asked me the one question he asked me was like how does it feel to be a double minority in this game, Nadia? And I said, yeah, you know, this is the world we live in. Coming coming into a game that's purely social and so much based on how you can connect with people and what you have in... In you know, in common with other people, as a minority woman, it is hard sometimes. Um, and you know, you it's. I'm not saying it's definitely the reason that people go out, but you see, there are certain things that you can draw from me going out and so going out. A woman, a minority, in a predominantly white tribe. But then at the same time, you have to see that Madeline all those won. stereotypes are broken down. If people just you know take a couple of days to get to know somebody, there were no flags raised about me to the point where nobody even thought of oh my god get out natalie like it's so crazy how that changes and people the dynamics you know are crazy, i'll let though. down their guard and then you don't see somebody for being a minority girl who's strong and different you just see them as being like oh my god natalie the girl i made a connection with like yeah. i want her around and she's not a threat to me she's not different she in fact is somebody that i want to be with because i trust her but early on in the game off what the bad yeah off the bat when you don't know anybody and you haven't broken down these walls which survival which is such a crazy you know emotional great game it just brings you down uh you know to just very humbling positions um when you don't have anything to base it off on yet sex you know race and like um, you know sexual preference sometimes. sexual preferences those are what divide us and i think it's easy to just stick to what you know and stick to what's comfortable yeah that's interesting so um i don't think that you know survivor players are inherently you know racist or anything but no, i do no. think but i do think that for people who are minorities coming into a a social situation with people where they're the only person who's not the same race. I think those first three days, six days, nine days, I think that's probably incredibly tough and it's a big hurdle to get over. And then once yeah. you're there for, you know, 10 days or whatever, then you're sort of on the same page as everybody, but just sort of like first impressions. All right, we got to pick somebody to get rid of. Who is it? Okay, this person isn't connecting with us as fast as everybody else. They're an easy target. Yeah, it's anything that kind of just puts you physically different from if, say, if you're a girl covered in tattoos and everybody else is like, no tats, you're going to stand out no matter what. And subconsciously, people are going to judge you. I would judge somebody that, you know, I consider myself like everybody else and I don't see my skin color as differentiating me from other people. But if I was on the beach with Hunapu and one person showed up and they were tatted from head to toe. And I would I would judge him and be like, oh, my God, is this person a freak? Like, what's wrong with him? 
So it's just natural instinct off the bat to judge people. And it's not right, but you're going to do it because you're in a situation where all you know about somebody is what they look like and how they come off to you. you yeah. Know? You're, you're almost like forced to make these like, like weird, decisions. weird, like generalizations of people on Survivor. And you're forced to think like that, which in the real world, we're told not to think like that. And we're told not to look at stereotypes and judge books by covers. But in Survivor on those first three days, it kind of forces you to just do that anyway. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to lead to problems for Nina, who we really haven't talked much about, where it does seem like uh, she is going to be having some issues trying to get to, you know, know everybody in her tribe uh, coming up in the next episode. Yeah, Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Um, It can go either way. I feel like having a disability like that is sometimes um, you can use it as a positive or you can just be so unrelatable where people just don't know how to like they're un- you, they're uncomfortable around you even though you don't care like so she could not she could probably give two uh you know whatever <laughs> about being the different one there because she's been the different one a whole life but sometimes people are just uncomfortable around that so mm-hmm. like when we went on amazing race with amy she was so comfortable with being you know, who she was. She didn't have like, she had prosthetic legs. For most of us, it was the first time we were hanging out with somebody who was so different from somebody we were so used to, but she owned it and she made us feel so comfortable that we eventually forgot the fact that she was quote unquote disabled, you know, like different. Okay. A couple more things real quick. Uh, Stig Skullman wants to say, Hey Natalie, can you please correct yourself and record a you fool for the soundboard of the Robinson podcast app? Uh, People didn't want to hear you say, Oh, the shade. I Uh, know. And then somebody tweeted me saying that it's been said on RuPaul's drag race, which I didn't know, but I just hang out with too many gays. So, you know, I'm influenced. (laughs) Okay. They influenced you. All right. (laughs) So will you record a, uh, a, uh, a, you fool or something like that for the Robinson podcast soundboard app? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here you go. Go for it. Oh my God, you fool. I feel like we can do a little better. Oh, <laughs> pretend like you're yelling it at, uh, at Nadia. <laughs> okay, well, let's go. One, two, three. Oh my God, you fool. Oh my God, Twinnie, you idiot. Uh, what about, uh, come on, Twinnie, let's go. Nadia, you can't say Twinnie, it's a first soundboard. <laughs> That's fine. I think it's fine. We're doing soundboard clips, idiot. Which is what? I've never done. <laughs> yeah, this is for people can fine. play this sound on their phone whenever they want. Oh, okay. I'll just do it. Don't, Nadi, shut up. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, you fool. Okay, good. (laughs) What about, come on, Twinnie, let's go. Okay, go, Nadi. Ready? Yeah. Come on, Twinnie, let's go. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, I want to know also, have you been following the uh, Missy and Baylor uh, birthday party watch? Yeah, um, I got, I'm on Snapchat and I saw her snaps at the first event in Chicago. Yes, they went to Missy and Baylor. They just, uh, hashtag just show up. Uh, they went to a girl's birthday party, uh, in Chicago. It was a big success. Yeah, it it looked really awkward. I wouldn't (laughs) want to be there. And, um, I still don't think that the whole thing makes sense. (laughs) Nadia, do you want Missy and Baylor to show up at your birthday party? Not even to the bathroom. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. All right. She so definitely fine. does okay. not want it. Too. All right. Then, well, the last thing I wanted to talk about was about Miss Survivor. Have you, Natalie, started to plan out your agenda of your first hundred days in office as Miss Survivor? 
Um, yeah, I just want to make it really different. I'm really excited that Spence is so enthusiastic and he's definitely going to kind of lead the campaign because I feel like he's way more experienced and he knows way more than me on um, everything. And so I'm not ashamed to say I'm going to take Spence's lead and do whatever, you know, fans want. I'm excited to make people happy. I know that there was a lot of upset people over Kelly and Tasha. So I'm, I want to work with both the other contenders and, um, you know, make it a really enjoyable year for everybody. And um, once Survivor, the season is over, I want to make sure that Survivor fans have uh, access to stuff that keeps them excited and keeps them intuitive, like in tune with what's going on, uh, you know, with us. So they feel like they can um, have fun, even though Survivor Night might not be airing. Okay. And so I know it was a very hard fought campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a lot of, you know, very hard campaigns fought by uh, all the people involved. Will you reach across the aisle to reach out to the Tasha voters and the Kelly voters uh, to get them excited about your Miss Survivor reign? Of course. I mean, like there was some talk about us being too nasty and rude during the campaigning, but I think we all took it in good fun. I was texting Kelly the entire time and, you know, all the GIF wars and tweets and everything. It was all like, part of the game and part of the fun for us. But I think it's really cool to see, you know, from our fans as well. And I think that, um, you know, even though you order for Tasha and Kelly, I'm, you know, excited to make Miss survivor, the, like the best ever and involve both your, the candidates you like in my reign and they can still be involved. And just cause they didn't win doesn't mean it's not going to be fun. Okay. This is like <laughs> when Obama came on and had, uh, Hillary Clinton became Secretary of State. Yeah, I, whatever whatever positions they want, <laughs> they can be in the cabinet. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, well this Brown is, is the new black, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. So this is all very very exciting. Uh, did Nadi ever come back from the bathroom? Nadi. <laughs> all right. That's that's fine. Uh, well, yeah. That uh, if it look, I tell we don't want her to rush. That, uh, no, that no, don't don't, don't rush We're anything. Helping our on dad a, pack now. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. I know you guys got to take your dad to the airport, but uh, again, yeah. uh, Twinnies, thank you so much for uh, coming on and getting us kicked off on the right foot here. First yes. episode of Survivor 30. Thank yes. you so much for having us, Rob. We thank- love you. Yeah, right. Rob, I think it's going to be the only time you're going to have sisters, first out, last out, ever doing a recap after the first episode. So. I, think that you, I think you might be right about that. Let's do this again after we have a winner. After the winner? Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. And then I'm going to see you guys uh, in New York at the live know-it-alls, right? Yes, I'm yes. excited. We're getting ready to swipe at the know-it-alls. See who's <laughs> in, the, in the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you limit it to who's in the building? Yeah, you can do one mile radius. That's the shortest distance. So, I mean, everybody, anybody who's on Tinder is in that room with me and is, you know, a guy looking for a girl is going to pop up on my timeline. So, wow. like I said, I promised on my campaign that I would swipe right to... <laughs> Survivor fans and Rob has a podcast fans and I'm willing to stick by that. Does so. Nadia will Nadia stick by that as well or that's only yeah, Natalie? We're gonna make we're gonna make it a double date. Yeah, wow. we can go on a date. Okay, fantastic. All right, great job, guys. Uh <laughs> all the best to your dad. Safe trip to the airport. We'll talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you, you so Rob. much, Rob. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Natalie and Nadia, the twenties, joining us here on Rob as a podcast, episode number one of Survivor. 30. All right, we're going to talk with Josh Wiggler in just a minute and uh, answer some of your voicemail questions. Plus, we'll get into all the Survivor social media and news 
from the week gone by. Um, but I want to just take a moment and thank everybody who has come on to uh, become a patron of Rob has a podcast uh, over the past week or so in the off season, getting ready for this big stretch of survivor shows that we're going to be doing here over the uh, next three months for the, those of you guys who are new listeners, uh, our patrons are people who support the podcast, help support the podcast with monthly contributions. Of course, all the episodes of Rob has a podcast are free. That's always has been how I've done things and how I will continue to do things. But there are people who want to help support the podcast and the things that I'm doing uh, financially for small monthly contributions. Uh, and in return, there's a couple of different incentives that we offer. Of course, I do once a month a monthly patron cast show, which is a show where people can call in and it's very, very fun. I get to talk to people live and they call in and ask questions about whatever they want. And I go into whatever they want to know. And within reason, I try to answer as many questions as I can on those shows. And all the back catalog we've done, I think, 10 patron casts now. Those are available to the people that become a patron of Rob as a Podcast. Plus, we also have access to the Rob as a Podcast Facebook fan page on Facebook, uh, where we have uh, almost 500 uh, patrons of Rob as a Podcast that are in the Facebook group. And then it's sort of a more organized chat around the show and there's other incentives as well if you want to find out more about becoming a patron of rob has a podcast you can go to rob has a website.com slash patron rob's website.com slash patron there's a video there and you can check out some of these survivor uh, impression testimonials uh, that i have there talking about uh, what a great program it is you can go ahead and uh, check that out and of course you can cancel at any time if you are not into it and again thanks to everybody whether you're a patron or whether you just use the links for amazon or however the different ways that you support the podcast like i really do appreciate all of the support that i get from the people that listen to this show it's such a fun thing for me to do and i'm so excited here at the start of the new podcast season in the new studio that we have to do all of these fun podcasts that we're going to be doing over the next couple of months and hopefully for many, many more years to come. So I do appreciate the opportunity that I get to have to do all of this stuff. And uh, thank you guys uh, for one listening. That's really big, uh, especially as we go, uh, you know, hours and hours into the survivor podcast season. And also uh, those of you guys who have supported the show uh, in any way, really, really appreciate that. So thanks again very much. All right, everybody, let's get into our first voicemail segment of the season. And we're going to uh, bring in a person who I probably and not even probably I definitely spend more hours talking to uh, every single week than my wife. Uh, here is, of course, you know him from uh, the outstanding Survivor coverage he's doing on Parade Magazine, of course, on MTV.com, post-show recaps, and my partner on the evolution of strategy. Here he is, Mr. Josh Wiggler. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm good. Rob, do you, have you seen the movie Her? <laughs> I have not seen it. Uh, that's another one. Right? Do you know the premise, though? Yes, yeah, it's about a guy that falls in love with Siri. Yeah, I kind of... Do you ever feel like... Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like you're like my Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> okay, I'll take like you're it. Just always, you're always in my ears. We're just walking around talking. I, I don't see you, but I know you're there. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. You get mad at me a lot less than my wife. I will, I will say that it goes without saying. I get mad at you a lot. So that's, <laughs> that's really bad news for you. Yeah, that is very bad news. That's very All bad. Right. 
Anyway, uh, Josh Wiggler is here, ready to talk about this. And uh, I thought this would be fun to uh, kick off the voicemail season uh, with you. Of course, every week we take your voicemail feedback on the show. You can send in your voicemails to robhiswebsite.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. And we'll play what you guys have to say on the show. Ideally, we're looking for like 30 seconds. That's really my one piece of advice for people uh, who say, how do I get my voicemails in the show? Keep it short. Sweet spot. Sweet spot. That's good. All right, Josh, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Rob, I miss you. I know I know. I just said we, we talk all the time, but we're on a little bit of a recording hiatus with, uh, with Evolution of Strategy right now. Yes. Well, the Evolution of Strategy, uh, in case uh, you are living under a purple rock and you don't know what that is, Josh and I uh, have decided that we are trying to, in the course of one year, rewatch every single season of Survivor and do a very extensive run through of what happens in every single episode from a strategic standpoint. But we also talk about, you know, the other stuff that's going on as we sort of go through and look at all of the scenery on sort of the tour of each season. Don't lie. You hate the scenery. (laughs) What I mean is the scenery. Like I sort of like look at it like, okay, we're in, we're in Marquesas. We're talking about, you know, the final five, but we're also talking about like, you know, crazy things people are doing on the jury and stuff. like. You're not looking at the stunning vistas. (laughs) Yeah. But that being said, we just finished up our volume one. We finished up all 10 chapters have been posted in this past off season. It was 80 hours. Uh, I know a lot of people have somehow made it. People listen to 80 hours of us talk about the first 10 seasons of Survivor in this off season. And now uh, we wait until wait. the end of Survivor 30 for when volumes two and three are going to come out. It's really insane, though, that people have listened to this. Um, I, I really do remember when it was probably like August. We were we were into Thailand at that point, and I think you and I had said multiple times along the way, "Just is anyone going to listen to this thing? Is any, are we just like speaking to to nobody? Nobody's ever going to hear what we have to say." We spent a lot of time on this so far, so it's it's crazy to me that people have not only listened, but a lot of people seem to really like it. So it's very flattering, very flattering that you guys have been. Uh, checking out what we're doing there. Yeah, because in the process, it was sort of like, boy, we're sort of just doing this like in a vacuum. We're like, is this too long? Are we, uh-huh. are we making it? Is anybody really going <laughs> to listen to yes, by the 80, way. 80 hours of us talking about the first 10 seasons of Survivor? And yeah, so I guess some some people did, or at least, uh, you know, people checked it out. I, we can't really tell how many people made it to the end. It seems that, it seems like at least a couple dozen people have made it to the end. A few people have, uh, yeah. but but no, it's been great. It's been really fun, uh, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit of wait for volume two. But you and I are in the thick of it, and I'm I'm having a lot of fun with the middle era of Survivor. So uh, it's it's been good. It's fun stuff. If you want to check any of that out, you can listen to the first chapter for free at evolutionofstrategy.com, or you can pick out all of the chapters that you want to hear. I'll uh, Chinese menu pick out. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. Uh, you can do that also at evolutionofstrategy. Dot com. All right. So, so, so here we go. let's, let's just go right into it. And well, first off, I, I don't have the privilege of hearing what Natalie had to say. How was Natalie today? Well, we talked to Natalie and Nadia. We talked to both the twenties and uh, they always have a very fun insight into uh, what's, what's going on. And it was fun to hear Natalie's uh, perspective. In addition to Nadia's perspective, who has sort of the you know, unique bookends of being the first person off a season and the person who won a season. Right. And also that they could have been competing with SoKim. Yeah. So we talked a lot about that. I don't want to rehash it too much for the people that are listening to this podcast that already heard all of that. That's fine. I'm not that interested. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But just kidding. I love you, 20s. Uh, but I do want to start with So because I know I spoke with So this morning 
but I know that you also do exit interviews, of course, for Parade Magazine. And what we did, we set up a link so people can uh, get to Josh's interviews uh, very quickly. Go to robinswebsite.com slash parade uh, to go and see all of uh, Josh Wiggler's uh, Survivor articles for Parade. Um, Probably all of your articles for Parade, not just for Survivor. Pretty much everything I do for Parade is Survivor. A, a little bit of Amazing Race here and there all of a sudden, but it's mostly all Survivor. Okay, so robinswebsite.com slash parade. And I'm interested to hear a little bit about your findings in talking with So. I thought So, so came on, she came across great. She was very, very energetic, was, was very, very sweet, uh, very, very much owned her mistakes, I thought. Uh, I think that she was very forthright in saying, yeah, that lie was kind of terrible. It fell flat on its face. Um, I shouldn't have really leaned into what Joaquin was trying to do, but I kind of had to. Um, I, I thought she was good. And I think, uh, she, you know, I, I asked her about, you know, why did you step off the mat? She's like, I, I, it just happened. Like, <laughs> you, you get on Survivor and you, the spirit moves you. And so she, she really owned, I think, the fact that uh, things happened in a way that they probably ought not have happened. Um, and she was, she was good. It makes me sad that we're not going to see any more. So on survivor, but, uh, you know, it, it, it could be, it could be where she got to be on two seasons. Kind of. Yeah. She got to go at least go out there. Got a lot of, you know, airline miles out of this whole thing. Yeah. As she's been saying to, I think a bunch of people in exit press, she says, uh, that she's averaged one and a half days on, on both of her seasons. <laughs> yeah. And now maybe the most interesting news out of all of this is this uh, romance that the somance yeah. has blossomed that who knew that so and Malcolm, our own Mr. Survivor 2014 are a thing, Josh. That's incredible. That's pretty amazing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so and Malcolm, I've heard, uh, what, what are you thinking in terms of uh, the, the name? The, okay. what, are, what are you shipping? The one that I hear that I like is Malkin. Yeah, that's what I like also. I was yeah. going to I thought about this a lot this morning and I was like, uh, yeah, I like Malkin. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking like Socom, but that's like got like uh, I don't know, like video game, Navy no. SEAL type of connotations. That's probably not great. Uh, but I think Malkin is good. Malkin, yeah. Malkin. I think yeah. that's very good. I think that's what we're going to go with. And this is very exciting. And now I've seen people on Twitter saying to me also it's like oh i thought you said people are undateable uh if they don't make the merge first boot and uh, what with malcolm and i think people are misrepresenting what i have said about this many times in the past josh you're often misrepresented misrepresented misunderstood because, yes miss survivor sure survivor. <laughs> i would have to say that the undateable merge thing is only only applies to a man who does not make the merge. We live in a double standard society, Josh, and a woman who does not make the merge, she is dateable to 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 all. To all wow. that she chooses to date. But to the man, we live in a it's it's not fair. A man who does not make the merge is not dateable to a woman who has made the merge. Okay, all right. So Drew Christie can date, but he couldn't date, I don't know, Sophie Clark. Right. That is well that for a number of reasons. I mean that's really shooting yes. out of his out of his league. Yes, for a number of reasons. Yes. But that is absolutely the case. Uh men are not that fickle. They will they will look if they think if if they want to date a woman, they'll date a woman. But the woman, uh, I feel like we still have not seen the case of the the woman 
who finds the dateable pre-merge guy. Yeah, I'm still looking for it. I can't, I can't think of it. Uh, I'm sure maybe it's happened. Maybe it's sort of like Haley's Comet. It happens once every 70 seasons or something like that. Sure. But uh, to the, the pre-merge man, sorry, I got nothing for you. What about um, Todd and Spencer back in the day? Do we not count mm. that? What about uh, so Todd and Spencer, the gay? Um, yeah, there's no woman involved. That's there's, no, the, woman there's involved. no woman involved. Again, the the man is not fickle. The the, the guy likes what the guy likes. Um, I think that the woman is, is puts uh, too much too much on the on the whether he, the man made the merge or not. I would also say, what if uh, we're counting it? If if the rule is if you've played twice. Uh, and you haven't made the merge, you're still fine because you played twice. You were on Survivor twice, hmm. and so Kim was like kind of on Survivor twice. That's interesting. Again, it doesn't matter for the for the woman, and that's why it's so ironic that Cat was the one that coined the thing as I'm not. I made the merge. I'm not dateable. Uh, but the, the that she was dateable already. It doesn't matter. I think also if and ironically um, she uh, went on to hang out with Drew Christie. I, I believe that is true. Yeah, uh, actually, Drew. Yeah, I I think also if if you are just a pair that is just fantastically cute together, I think it's okay. Uh, the the Malcolm So picture that is floating around from Instagram is just adorbs. Uh, so I I'm shipping Malcolm. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. Uh, I'm still mad at Malcolm about the belt. Still got a bone to pick about the belt, but I'm loving Malcolm. Okay, so this is exciting. Exciting news. Uh, we like when all of these uh, survivor couples uh, show up. So that'll do you, be. Do you think So Kim knows where the belt is? She says that they know where it is. Mm. Okay, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. So Kim on the Amazing Race with uh, or Mal Kim on the Amazing Mal Race. Kim? Yeah, I'm into it. Okay, I'd watch that. Malcolm likes travel shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You could you could go wayfaring around the world. Sure, sure. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's start to uh, wayfare around the voicemail segment. Well, what do you say? I would love to do that. That sounds fantastic. Okay, let's go ahead and do this. And got a lot of voicemails uh, this week. Of course, uh, robertswebsite.com slash voicemail. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and start out with a question. I saw a lot of people uh, talking about this both on Twitter and on uh, various social media outlets. Uh, this is from Foxman Allen. Wants to talk about the immunity idol this season. Okay. Hey Rob, it's Foxy and Alan here. I, I love the show. Um, so my thoughts, two big winners on tonight's episode. Uh, Carolyn for getting the hidden immunity guide and the, uh, and the numbers and the CBS props department because the team immunity idol was so freaking cute. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. Now, Josh, well, I want to know from you this season's immunity idol, cute or hot? Uh, I would say cute. I don't think I'd say hot, uh, but adorable. I love it. Uh, big fan. Looks kind of like a like a Tim Burton's immunity idol, kind of. What's more adorable, uh, the hidden immunity idol or the actual immunity idol or Malcolm? Uh, Malcolm. I mean, that's a, it's, it's a, these are people we're talking about. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's very cute. I like it. I, I like this idol. It kind of looks like um, I don't know. It looks like sort of like uh, like the Tin Woodsman uh, from Ooh. this like cover of The Wizard of Oz from back in the day that I had in my childhood room. I'm getting really nostalgic right now. Uh, I like it. I think it's cool. It's an interesting look. Okay. I thought it was just so-so. Just so-so. Yes. And you ironically, so didn't have any part of the immunity idol. I believe that's correct. Yeah. I feel like it's a little too, uh, you know, off-brand with the immunity idol. You don't like that they're trying something a little different here in season 30. You think that they should be going for something a little more classic, not something that looks like... Uh, 
uh, Jason Siska found it in the woods and gave it the Bob Crowley treatment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, it's season 30. We don't need to like really reinvent the wheel with the Immunity Idol. I don't know. I kind of like it. It looks like a cartoon character. Like I would watch this Immunity Idol on a cartoon show. That's like a great cartoon character design. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, let's keep going here. And- I also like how the second piece of the Immunity Idol is like uh, a wooden version of the Iron Throne. Oh, is it made like from like a thousand swords? Uh, no, it looks like five, maybe five swords. They're wood and they're less swords and that they are just pieces of wood. Okay. But I like it. I think it's a good looking chair. All right. Handsome chair. It's a handsome, handsome chair. chair. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go to Ariel Glassman. Hi, Rob and Josh, and happy just 30th season. This is Ariel, and I would like to know which puzzle option each of you would have chosen and why. How would you rank the puzzle options from best to worst? That's it. Thanks. I talked about this with Steven a bit last night, but I'm interested to know your take on the five piece, 10 piece or 50 piece. Uh, so, so here's my question. Do I have the knowledge that I have now, or is this a heat of the moment decision? Heat of the moment, just like heat of the moment decision in, in, in your uh, coverage of 50 shades of gray. This is yeah. a 50 puzzle piece. Yellow, yellow. Um, okay. I would probably, I hate to say it, but if Prope says the 50 piece is easy, I'd probably go for the easy one and I'd fall into the white collar trap because mm-hmm. I am a fool. Um, but I, I think that after a while, those guys really need to needed to step back. I mean, Shireen really had to raise the flag there. Uh, it was not working out. Everybody else seems to be having luck with that other puzzle. You can swap out, I believe, right? You're not stuck to the 50 piece, are you? I think you were stuck once you took a puzzle down. I think you could once you made the choice. Out. That's it. You can't you can't go back. Um, I don't know. It would nobody tried to do that. I mean, you were able to once you uh, tried to open the thing with the keys to then go and try to undo the knots. Uh, you were able to do that, but I'm not sure if you were able to go and take another puzzle down. I think the real sweet spot here is to come in second in this challenge, like to get to the puzzle uh, second, to be the second person to get there uh, and to just copy whatever the first person is doing. I guess you really got to be in that blue collar seat because you're right in the middle. Uh, so you can just look over at either white collar or red collar, but you just want to cheat on everybody's homework. Uh, I think that's the way to do this one. At least that's what I would probably do. I want to ask you something that came up in my interview with the twenties where they put out the idea. Could the white collar people have been throwing the challenge? Is that a possibility? Well, I asked that very question to so because that is something that I've been seeing pop up online. A lot, a lot of people saying, what if white collar through this challenge? You know, we've got a majority alliance of Max, Tyler, uh, Shireen and Carolyn. Uh, what if they are just bombing this challenge because they know they're going to get rid of. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a, a pretty interesting idea and would certainly explain why Max is just sauntering up yeah. to the puzzle. No problem whatsoever. No sense of urgency at all. Uh, like Batman walking. And he, uh, you know, I, I asked this to, so she says, absolutely not. Uh, no way. But would she know? But would she know what her what her explanation is? Is like when they got back to camp, like Shireen was devastated. She was crying. She was sobbing. She was very upset, and she probably thought that she had screwed up and she was the one to go. Um, so unless unless so is either lying about that happening, or if it happened and Shireen is just a hell of an actress, which means she's very good at this game. Uh, I would I would tend to believe so's answer here, but I think it's something to ask. 
uh, one of those four white collars whenever one of them gets bumped off? Uh, I think that's an interesting question to pose to Tyler or Max or Shireen or Carolyn. Okay. Yeah, it would be very interesting to find that out. I mean, I would say I would be like 95% sure they didn't throw the challenge, um, but it's possible. Yeah. She also said that like the reason Max is just walking up to the puzzle board is because they were done already. Like uh, Blue Collar was so close to being finished that what was the point at this point? We lost. Uh, so I, I think it's just like a trick of the editing that uh, they made it look closer than it was. Hate to use the E word, mm-hmm. uh, but that's 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 one of the explanation, explanations that she gave. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing. But hey, you know how I feel about the intentional Matt Singh. I would not be against this idea. Well, this is the first time that it's been brought up here in season 30. The intentional Matt Singh. It's a thing, right? It could be. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. You know, if, if these four, uh, if these four people throw a next challenge and get rid of Joaquin, you know they, you know what they're doing. Good. Well, I'm glad you brought up Joaquin because I want to play you actually two voicemails back to back that are concerning Joaquin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here you go. The first one. This is from Zach. Hey, Rob. This is Zach from Texas. If the white collar tribe goes to tribal council next week, could Joaquin be the swing vote between Sharon and Carolyn and Tyler and Max? Since Tyler and Max were both exposed with working with so. So one question asks, could Joaquin actually be in a good spot here? Could he be the swing vote now in a tribe of five? And we actually saw uh, Chaos Cass in yes. a similar position uh, in this spot in the second hour of the Survivor Kageon premiere. So maybe yeah. this isn't such a bad spot to be in, to be next to the bottom in the six-person tribe because that sets you up in an interesting swing position I'm going to play you this next voicemail, uh, which sort of goes hand in hand with this as we uh, try to suss out what's going on with Joaquin. This is from Nathan Fowler. Hey, Rob. This is Nathan Fowler from Blairmore, Alberta, Canada. After last night's episode, do you think Joaquin is now the Joaquin dead? Yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love the podcast. See ya. Yes. Is Joaquin... Now, a member of the Joaquin Dead. How many walkers have you voted for? <laughs> uh, How many people zero. have you voted for? Well, uh, only, Car- only Carolyn. Why? <laughs> or, um, in this case, would it be Carlin? Yeah, what did he write? Like, Sherilyn? Yeah. Did you, um, <laughs> have you seen that vote that he cast? Yes, I did. That was uh, insane. Very funny. Um, yeah, I was re- I was really hoping that somebody would say the Joaquin dead. I didn't want to be the first. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's, I'm very happy about that. Let's uh, go ahead and talk about this. Let's talk sure. this through. What's next for for Joaquin? Is he is he walking on sunshine or uh, is he walking dead? He's walking on sunshine. <laughs> um, Why? Well, Wanda appearance. Yeah, it's an interesting question um, because it did work out very well for Chaos Cast. You know, she was the one who voted with Dave Sampson and suddenly she finds herself in this spot between uh, Spencer and Garrett and Tasha and Jatia. And which way should she go? She ends up going with with Tasha and Jatia. Is this a similar situation where Joaquin can kind of play the Chaos Casserole? I think that did I say Chaos Casserole. Yeah, yeah. Wow. kind of sounded like that. That sounds good. Um, I don't know because I don't feel, and I know that there are people who don't like Chaos Cass as a survivor player, but I think that she's got the goods in a way that Joaquin does not. I think that she has a better understanding of 
her role in Survivor and a way to play this type of situation than, and it's granted been 90 minutes of Survivor Worlds apart so far, but I don't get that read from Joaquin at all. Uh, I get the read from Joaquin that this is the guy who's going to pick the small beans uh, and get an immunity idol cl- uh, clue um, and going to have nothing, no idea with what to do with it. So I, I feel like he is the guy who's just going to lean hard on the deception card uh, and not have his his head about him. So I don't know if it, if it were a, a player that I feel like is a little bit sharper than Joaquin, I'd feel good about it. But I don't know that he can convert this position to being a useful spot. I feel like Joaquin is sort of like we're getting both sides of this where so in my conversation with her said, you know, Joaquin is an honest guy. You could trust him. She's saying that she's telling Shireen. She's telling uh, everybody there. You can, you know, telling Tyler, you can trust Joaquin. But Joaquin, when push came to shove of honest or deceive, there was no part of him that wanted to play the honest box. And so I do think that uh, he wants to sort of be the villain, like he wants to wear the black hat, but I don't know if he can pull it off. Now, I guess the question is, are the four other people, are they in lockstep of trying to get him out? Like how tight is the other alliance? Yeah, that's the question. I don't think that the question is Joaquin. I mean, Joaquin has options, certainly, uh, but I I don't see him being the guy to seize those options. I see... I see it more that Max, Tyler, Shireen, and Carolyn have options, uh, and how how they want to use Joaquin is more the question. Um, and that's interesting. I don't I don't have a great read about how tight these people are. Max did say, uh, "I I haven't lied to these two since day one. We've been together since day one." Uh, so you know the way he says it, it seems like they're decently tight. Yeah, I mean it's he, all the way in day three now. I know, right? And it's pretty far into the game. <laughs> and and uh, you know, there's that. And then there's you. You think back to Max uh, talking to So and saying, "Well, it's probably Shireen, right?" And how quick he was to turn his back on somebody who was allegedly his partner here. So I don't think that we're far enough into the season at all to really know just how sturdy this thing is. It could go that way. It could be a combustible alliance here. It could be a shaky truce between these four people right now, uh, and it could be that. You know, Max and Tyler pair up and the ladies pair up or Max and Shireen pair up and Carolyn and Tyler pair up and they're, you know, all at war for Joaquin and trying to use him as a vote. It's an interesting spot. Um, You know, there's also been a lot of talk about how Tyler is the guy who wants to keep this tribe strong. And if that's the case, I could see Tyler being the kind of guy who doesn't want to rock the boat and does want to keep these four people strong. So it could be interesting or it could be straightforward. Yeah, but surely Tyler wants to keep the tribe strong because I think he might realize that he might be fourth on the totem pole. And so you want to keep the tribe strong because he's going to get voted out if you know they keep going to tribal council. If it's true that the power base is between Max and Shireen, if that's right. sort of the power couple and maybe Carolyn is there uh, as the third person, if Tyler is four, yeah, you definitely want to keep a strong tribe. Yeah, well, Tyler's kind of got uh, an ace up his buff uh, in in the knowledge that Carolyn has an immunity idol. Uh, you know, he's he's in an interesting spot. That guy, I really like where he is. Uh, Tyler is one of the one of the contestants that really impressed me in this episode. Yeah, I thought he was good as well. So, in terms of Joaquin, what are we going to say? What's our official verdict? Joaquin on sunshine or Joaquin dead? I think Joaquin dead. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Joaquin. Gray Sky Joaquin. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a ter- terrible, 
turn of events. It's a really, it's gotten really bad. Uh, I think they're going to eat him alive. It's just, it's going to be disgusting. Okay. You know, a Joaquin Bikini. Okay. Uh, that's not What's good. your take? Do you think Joaquin dead? Yeah, I do think so. Because I think that in Survivor, I think that what always wins out, I feel like, is alliance over keeping the tribe strong. Like, they rarely do survivors ever say, well, this person's in my alliance, but I'm voting them out to keep the tribe strong. And there's a lot of times where I think they probably should do that. Uh, you should uh, oftentimes in the pre-merge game keep you know the tribe strong and maybe uh, vote somebody out. Although there's other times where, where maybe that backfires. But I do think that not enough survivors are willing to you know cut somebody uh, from their own group in terms of keeping the tribe strong. But in, a, in a, this particular kind of season, uh, I think that what I'm talking about applies more to the two-tribe format where there's no swap coming pre-merge. Uh, you want to keep the tribe strong because you're going to have maybe you know six, seven tribal councils before you get to the merge. This season, we all know a swap is coming. I think that it's not going to kill you to lose Joaquin. I would vote out Joaquin uh, out of this group because he's somebody that you know is going to flip yeah. Uh, after a tribe swap. So I think he's a dangerous person to keep in the game. You keep Carolyn around. She's probably going to stay loyal. I would vote out Joaquin uh, without any hesitation if I was the white collar tribe next time they go to tribal council. Yeah, I think it's the move. Okay. Um, and I think it's, I don't think there's much controversy there. No, no. I mean, Joaquin seems, you know, he seems to have potential to be a great TV character. Uh, like I would, I would miss him from the show because I feel like he's got potential the deeper he goes into this game to just kind of wreck shit. Uh, but I just, I, I don't see, I don't know. I don't see a reason to keep him. Um, I don't feel like these guys need to turn on each other just yet. Let's take a question, uh, from Ruben. Here's Ruben Berg. Hi, Rob. It's Ruben here from Australia. Uh, just calling to ask a question about the use of the, uh, the hidden immunity idol. And I know you've always said that, uh, you think if you've got it, then you should just play it. If you've got any doubts at all. I was just wondering if you think there's any benefit in not playing it and then being able to say to your tribe mates, you know, I trusted you and kind of building trust by not playing the idol. Curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. All right. So advantages of not playing the idol. Well, I mean, sure, there are advantages if you don't get voted off of not playing the <laughs> that's idol. That's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's good. But do you think that there are a lot of advantages in being able to say, hey, I could have played the idol, but I didn't? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, maybe to even then, maybe to a partner, to, to a big group to out yourself as having the idol and saying, well, I didn't play it tonight. I don't really see the advantage there. I mean, I think that some trust has been built between Tyler and Carolyn. Uh, we don't have an indication that Carolyn has shown her idol to Max or Shireen, but Tyler and Carolyn seem to, you know, Tyler obviously knows that she has it and she did not get blindsided. She did not get voted out. He said to her, I promise you, you do not have to play it and we don't even have to talk about it anymore. I think some trust has been built between the two of them there. So I think that's good. But as, as far as coming back from a tribal council and saying, well, I have the idol and I didn't play it. I don't know. I, I don't really see any upside to that. Yeah, I mean, sure, there's upside in it as long as you don't keep getting voted out. But I, I just keep going back to the thinking, at least for me, is I would rather make the mistake that I played the idol and didn't get the votes cast for me rather than I held on to the idol and I got voted out. Because I can bounce back from the mistake of I played an idol when I shouldn't have. Doe. 
uh, you know, what I, I feel like such an idiot, but I still get to fight another day as opposed to, you know, I'm nervous. And I didn't play the idol and now I'm out of the game and I have the hidden immunity idol and I feel like um, really dumb. So do you think Carolyn should have played it? I do think she should have played it. And now again, I, we don't know. There's so many things, even from talking to so there's so much that we just don't know and aren't privy to. So for all we know, you know, we could have where Max and Shireen and Carolyn, you know, were together with Tyler and said, okay, this is it. This is the four, you know, forget about this. We've got this on lockdown. Don't worry about it. Don't play the idol. We're good. Every, you know, she could have got, you know, assurances up the yin yang from everybody. And, you know, there was never anything in doubt. And, and like the whole thing could have just been on lockdown to us at home with the information that we know, it seems silly that she wouldn't play the idol, but it's a incomplete story for us. How horrible would it be to be the first person voted out of Survivor with an immunity idol in your pocket? Yeah, that's never happened before where somebody gets voted out with the idol. Yeah, that would be it would not be great. It would not be good. And, you know, it's rare that the, you know, hidden immunity idol becomes a big factor in the first vote, uh, let alone somebody getting voted out with it on the first vote. Yeah. Um, On the flip side, though, it's like. Why? I don't know. I, I feel like if you have that immunity idol at your at your first tribal council, it'd be it would be really great to make it through uh, and and hang on to that thing for a little while. I, I almost feel like maybe it's worth the risk of going home first. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I she must have had her fingers on the pulse of this situation. She must have felt really good. She must have a really good thing going on with this four. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Carolyn just has a has a much better gut than we're seeing so far. So, you know, she must have felt she she had to feel good enough to not make that move. It must have been so obvious that it was so that was going home. I mean, I think we can also read from, you know, Tyler is telling her you definitely will not need to play your idol tonight. Now, is Tyler being on the level or is Tyler trying to trick her to get her to not play the idol and get her voted out? I mean, he voted with her. So you have to imagine that he's at least being somewhat on the level. Yeah, I think that he's on the level as far as this vote goes. Uh, as for what his intentions are for the future, who knows? You know, maybe he sees, all right, I can, you know, maybe me and Carolyn, this can be like our Malcolm and Denise thing, and the two of us can power our way through to the top with an immunity idol in our pocket. This would be great. Um, or he is thinking, like, this is a dangerous person. I know that she's got a bomb in her bag, and, like, I have to, I have to be aware of when to push her away. Uh, before that thing goes off. Uh, so, you know, there's there's a lot of options that he has to consider as well. A lot of options. Okay. A lot of options for voicemails this week. Let's hear them. Let's okay. keep going. All right. Let's go ahead and let's play a voicemail here from uh, your friend and mine, the great Antonio Mazzaro. Here is Antonio. Yo, what's up, Rock and Rob and Ron Howard? This is your old buddy, Antonio. My question is about the big lie last night. And no, I'm not talking about Shireen saying she was good at puzzles. Sorry, Shireen. No, my question is about the lie. If you're in that position that So and Joaquin found themselves in, what's the right lie to tell? If you want to take the deceit and you want to take the the clue to the idol, what's the best lie you can tell uh, when you come back to camp? And, And I don't know. Obviously, we have a bar here set with the absolute worst lie you could possibly tell. So maybe it's just the opposite of that. I don't know. I'm neutral on the subject. Tell me what you guys think. Thanks. There you go. Uh, thank you, Antonio. Of course, you can hear uh, Antonio with both Josh and I on post-show recaps. Uh, you can hear him with me on the Better Call Saul recaps that we do on Monday night and with Josh on the Justified recaps. 
Yeah, where we are just going through every single song on Justin Timberlake's Justified album uh, week wow. by week. Yeah, it's a really good project that we've got going on. Now, here's Justin Timberlake again. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, so what's the what's the best lie you can tell? Um, I don't know. Like I thought oh, about this. I, would it be like, well, we got this big bag of beans, but we ate some on the way back. Yeah. We're, we're hungry. Yes. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to take the clue to the hidden immunity. Now, again, I got to have somebody that I have a good vibe with about this. Yeah, you got to be vibing hard. Yeah, like if it's somebody that I feel like I can't trust, I'm going to do the let's be honest thing. Um, but if it's somebody I feel like, okay, I feel like I could work with you. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the deceive. I'm going to take the clue to the idol. And I'm going to take that small bag of beans and I'm going to throw it as far as I can, out of out of sight. Yeah, and maybe maybe a couple of days later, I'm going to stick it in the tree mailbox. Uh huh. Um, but I'm not coming back with that bag of beans. So what are you coming back with? What was this? What what decision did you make? Everybody knows you walked off to make a decision. We had the opportunity to switch tribes. We're staying. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Okay. You still don't want to do this because when you get to the swap and all the stories get exchanged, you're you're out. You're done. I mean, am I done? I, I don't know. I, I, don't know if, I mean, if you're done, but your your cover has been blown. Uh, yeah, your, your undercover operation is uh, up in smoke at that point. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you don't want to do deceive. I, I've said you don't want to take the bait. I like what you're saying, but it, there's too much risk. Yeah, no, I, I think I have said like all along in, in talking about this twist that I would take the bigger bag of food. Um, I'm always curious to know as sometimes, sometimes they go rice, sometimes they go beans. Like, is, do they have a meeting about that and say, all right, what do, what do you want to have for the food staple this season? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the beans. <laughs> I, I would rather just go with the rice. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing about the beans, I think they're harder to prepare. Um, maybe they don't agree with you, but I do think that they have like some protein. I think they're more of like a complete food as opposed to the rice. Uh, which is really just, I, I, I don't know if maybe it was because of San Juan del Sur and people just ate the rice like there was no tomorrow and they feel like maybe people can't eat as many beans. Uh, right. There's some sort of like uh, like biological response that ends up preventing you from overeating too many of the beans. I don't know. I just, I don't like beans on Survivor. I'm like Austin Cardi on this. No more beans. Yeah. Okay. Did well, you ever get your, uh, what was it, a Kindle he was supposed <laughs> to send you? No, I sent him a Kindle. You sent him a Kindle. Yes, I had Jatia in the Secret Santa. Has has he? What does he say? Does he like it? He said, "Cool beans." That's it. <laughs> yeah, he okay. liked it. He liked All right, it. Good. <laughs> so he gave me a nickname too. What did he call you? Rob Fuego. Rob Fuego. Nice. <laughs> it was a Kindle Fire. Yeah, that's why he called me Rob Fuego. That's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, he called you a pimp too, right? Said I'm a pimp uh, as yeah. well, but. Yeah. That being said, I think that probably you just take the uh, the honest way to go, especially because you're playing with another person and you don't know who, if you could trust this person. That being said, um, I thought it's so crazy that Dan and Mike end up getting all these people that don't trust them and they did the right thing. Well, I do think that that was that was an interesting point uh, with this twist uh, that the you can you can get the bag of beans only or you can get the small bag with the clue. But the big bag's kind of small, too. It's not like a giant bag of beans. So, you know, you're just your default mode on Survivor is just to be paranoid and not trust anybody. So when they come back with that bag of beans and it doesn't look huge, it's not like a robust bag of beans. 
I don't blame the other blue collars for being suspicious. I think that's pretty smart on the producers. Part. Yeah, that was very sneaky, Survivor producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. It's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, you really those- threw those people under the bus. Those poor people that volunteered for anything. If you don't volunteer for anything, people. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's that truly is the lesson here. You don't want to volunteer for this kind of job. It's not not a good call. What did you think of the twist overall? Do you think it landed? What What do you say? Vas up or each don't think so. <laughs> I would say that I think I was probably neutral on the twist. I think that it did lead to some, you know, fireworks ultimately between uh, the white collar people. But I think ultimately, um, I don't think it had as much of an impact as when we did it in Survivor Kagiyan. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Um and the, like, just like to make such a big deal out of it, like in front of everybody to say, all right, you two are going to have a choice when you go back to camp. I mean, everybody knows that the people who are getting selected here are going to have something to do. But I feel like to make such a big spectacle of it, uh, I would be skeptical. Personally. How could we improve the twist? I don't know. Um, maybe cool three people, for, three people cool for a couple of seasons. Everybody but one. Five of the six get to make the choice and the one person is left out. Hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've seen this uh, a few times here in Survivor. I wonder, is there something that we could do that sort of sets people up? Um, I mean, you could just have the hidden immunity idol hidden at camp. Boy. I like the way that they did it in Kagiyan. Yeah. I thought that was good. It produced some really great moments. Um, and you can't I, do it I, more than once like that. Yeah, not that I didn't like it here. I just didn't love it. I didn't think, you know, I wasn't, you know, it was it was cute, not hot, this twist, I think. And I I just feel like, you know, we don't we don't need to go back to this well so soon. Uh, you know, there's there's already a lot of similarities between this season and Kageon on paper, I feel like. Or this was just one twist that it, it, a little too similar to what we did in 28. Let me throw something out there. You tell me if this is good or bad, Okay. okay. We got Asap, the- or you don't think so? <laughs> yeah. All right. So we go. Jeff Probst is there. All right. So I need people from the white collar tribe. Um, who wants a hidden immunity idol? Wow. And then whoever whoever's the first person to say, yo, uh, Jeff flips in the hidden immunity idol. And that's it. It's done. It's done. Really? Just like that. What do you think? Uh, is it like uh, at a wedding, like when you throw the bouquet over your head? Is that what process? I don't think that Jeff here? has to literally that like turn around. He can look you in the eye as he throws it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like there's a good chance that he throws it to the wrong tribe if he turns around and does. I don't know how many. You know, is he going to make this offer to blue collar and yeah. no collar? Yeah. Okay, Ooh. so everybody gets to everybody. Do it. One person each tribe, but it's in front of everybody. Who wants the idol? Uh huh. Yo. Hey, got so it. how does he? How does he choose though? I mean, does, is it just the it. first person? Just That's like. It? Randy with the cookies in the Gabon auction. First person, okay. uh, first person uh, wants this. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's up? I like that. I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, cut, cut the BS. Let's just get straight to the idol. Why not? You know, the idol. And now and you're that, like, if, oh my you, god. Yeah. If you want I, idol, if you want idols in play, if that's who you are as a survivor producer, you want idols to be played. Just throw them out there on day one. Why not? Let's let's skip the drama of the idol hunt and let's just do it. Let's just have them out there. Let's see what let's see what happens. Uh, yeah. I feel like Joaquin every day of the week is saying, "Yep, yes." Yeah. And now, like, how is how does that affect the gameplay? You're saying like, "Oh my god, we got to get Joaquin out now. He has an idol. What do we do? Do we split the vote? Do we take out So because Joaquin has an idol?" I mean, I think that's a curse. Like, I don't think I would want an idol in front of everybody on day one. Uh, what if you take the idol and then you Dr. Marcus it and you throw it in the ocean? <laughs> I guess so. We'll try. Yes, 
Jeff, pick me. Yes, yeah. uh, see this idol, everybody? I'm throwing it in the ocean. Yeah, do that. Yeah. I just think that that would end up leading to, uh, you want some night one drama. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I like that. Voss up. I give that Voss up. I think that's good. <laughs> okay. I like that quite a bit. All right, good, good. We're on to something. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Okay. What do we call this twist? What do we call it? The, uh, uh, the, bou- the bouquet? Yeah, the bouquet. The bouquet <laughs> idol. The wedding yeah. bouquet idol. All right. So let's go ahead and let's take another question here. Here's a question from uh, Jason Riotmaker, one of our uh, great listeners. Here we go. Yes. Hey, Rob. It's Riotmaker. So is this going to be a blowout? Are we going to see the white collar tribe be destroyed by their own egos and in about three episodes going to have to shift up the tribes? What's the over-under on the amount of episodes that they're going to have to switch it up? Above three or below three? Thanks, Rob. You rock. All right. Over-under three episodes. Okay, so I guess that was at the start of the third, the fourth episode. Like, I think for the sake of the over-under, we need to make it three and a half episodes. I mean, four people go home and then we swap. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's that's what Epi- that's going to be the start of episode five. All right, but then let me ask you this part of the question: Do you think that the first four people to go home will be white collar? How, how about this? How many of the first four people that go home will be from the white collar tribe? I don't think it will be all white collars before the swap. How many I, of the four? I think Joaquin. Okay, so two of the four. Yeah, I'm going to say so, and Joaquin are gone, and then the next two votes before the swap will come from no collar or blue collar. Okay, well, so give me the breakdown. So we say two two white collars. It was like getting bagels. Uh, give me two white collars, yeah, two white one collars. blue collar, one no collar. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. That's, that's, my, that's my prediction. Uh, I don't think that Jeff would be as high on this season as he is if it would be a complete decimation of the white collars because he's talking about how this is a great strategy season and I think that the best strategy players are, to my, for my money so far, are on white collar. I think that four is, those, those are some really good thinking players. Uh, so I don't see, I don't see those four going before the swap. I think those four are going to the swap. All right. So give me the one person from the blue collar, one person from the no collar that are going home also. Oh man, you know, Dan's in a bad way. Um, Dan's in a really bad spot. Uh, I feel like he's in big, big doo-doo and I don't know how he can get out All of right, it. Let's, well, since you brought up Dan, let me ask you a Dan question. Okay. Hi Robin Josh. This is Edward from Brisbane, Australia. Going into this season, I was really looking forward to seeing Survivor superfan Dan Foley. However, I was extremely disappointed with his performance, especially the that is the dumbest thing ever exchange with Sierra and Lindsay. Surely a superfan would know that calling two people in a six-person tribe dumb and yelling at them may not be optimal. Love to hear your thoughts. Josh, is Dan Foley the worst Survivor player ever from Maine? From Maine? Um, uh, I don't know. TBD. Yeah, TBD. I mean, how many how many survivor players from Maine are there? I believe it's just uh, him, uh, Bob Crowley, and Julie Berry. Uh, or is that just from his town? I forgot. T- TBD. TBD. Um, is Tim Bertina not from Maine? I'm not sure. Is she in New Hampshire. I, I that sounds right. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I I don't think that I I don't know. Jur- jury's still out. I just I don't know what what Dan can do here. And yes, the outbursts were not great. Uh, but I love the way that he said it all. I love what he said. I am a fat guy. It will not stay. 
Uh, I just love the way that he enunciates. Uh, he's not. There are more than three survivors uh, from Maine. Ashley Underwood also from Maine. Is that right? Yeah. So we're just talking about Gorham, Maine. Is what from Gorham, he's the uh-huh. worst survivor from Gorham, Maine. I don't know. TBD. TBD. Yeah. We'll I mean, have to see. Maybe yeah, you have maybe a winner in the great Julie Barry. Listen, this guy. This guy can juggle. Who knows what he can pull out of his hat? Yeah. So yeah, Dan really. But that was a tough night. It was a bad night for Dan. It's a really bad night. And I'm trying to think of what he can do to get out of, out of this situation other than not go to tribal council. Can he find some way? I mean, it would be a crappy thing to do, but maybe what you got to do is like, can he find some way to, because Rodney seems to have these ladies on lock, uh, which is amazing. Um, I, I, if he can find some way to get Rodney to turn the tide against Mike, and he, you know, he won't Mike, turn on Mike. You don't know that these guys I know, know each other for I three know days. That. Why do you know that? How do you know that? Because Mike's all he's got. Mike's Mike's all he's got. But that might be the kind of thing where you gotta like, I don't know, you gotta like slit your buddy's throat so that you can survive a few you more know, days. Mike's got to slit Dan's throat. If there's oh, anybody sure. slitting anybody's throat, oh, um, it's it, both of them need to slit each other's throats. It's just who gets there first, who picks up the knife first and gets it done. Um, that's Dan's move. I think, I don't think that he can really move any of these other people. He's got to, he's got to not go to tribal council. He's got to make it to the swap and, you know, hope for some better luck there. Uh, I, I feel like he is gone pre-swap. Yeah. I think that, uh, he is not in a good spot. It's a tough spot. It's a really tough spot. I want to see him keep going. Cause I like him as a character. Uh, I think he was very fun on the show. Uh, but I, I, he's in such a bad way. That's a really tough start to the game. Bad news uh, for Dan. I think I'm going to also pronounce him walking dead. Walking dead? Yes. I'm sorry, Dan. You I'm are sorry. The, you are the walking dead. <laughs> oh, man. Bummer. Bummer. Um, <laughs> yes. I think, Dan, I think Dan's in trouble. I think he's in trouble. I really do. Uh, it's a it's a really really rough spot. Um, and then okay, so then should we talk about no collar? Who's get, the no collar to get go? Get the main license plate ready. Get the main. Okay. Yeah. Who? So who's the no collar to go? Um, I think it's Vince. Yeah. I hope not. That's Vince, and then uh, you know maybe Nina. Uh huh. Well, Nina's Nina's. Um, I don't know. I didn't really get a good read on Nina in this episode. Yeah, I just think that. Um, I I feel like things. Uh, I feel like there's a storm brewing. Uh huh. Feel like there's yeah. trouble on the way. Well, this whole Vince Jen uh, Joe thing is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your take on the love triangle? Oh, I love it, love it. I would love to smell that love triangle all day long. <laughs> I just put put my face in it and sniff it. Yeah, it's uh, great. Yeah, because because I'm oh I'm into it. I'm yeah. into the love triangle. I just want to know if you're attracted to the love triangle. Right? Yeah, I'm into it. Um. I brought this up with the twenties uh, briefly. What's the best love triangle in Survivor history? Previous Ooh. to this, who? What is the best love triangle in Survivor history? Well, you know, and I'm sure you're fond of this as well. Is the Alex Mateo Shauna is very fun, very underrated. I think that underrated. might be the only other real love triangle uh, that's going on in Survivor history. Right? It's a, it's a good one. It's real good. Yeah, and uh, it's very short lived. Where sort of. Um, at the Survivor Amazon after the swap, uh, Alex and Shauna are sort of vibing, but like Mateo like has the hots for Shauna also. It's like trying to hold her hand while uh, it's like very subtle. Um, but I don't think there's any other love triangles that I can think of. Can you think of uh, any of any other ones? Um, 
Um, I mentioned with the twenties uh, when Jacqueline was flirting with Alec. Right, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I don't think there's any other real, and it's interesting. I guess it's so hard enough to find a, a showmance on Survivor, let alone have like you know two people that are interested in the same person. It's it's a hard thing to to find. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that there have been too many love triangles on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None that are none that are springing to mind right away. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear if anybody, if we're missing any, uh, let us know in the comments about uh, Survivor. Major love triangles. Survivor love triangles. All right, but let's go ahead and take a question here. And this one is coming to us from one of our fantastic listeners. We can't kick off the season uh, without checking in with Ron from Toronto. Hi, Rob and Josh. It's Ron from Toronto. True or false, Jen Brown will finish in the top three for Miss Survivor 2016. All right, Josh. True or false, Jen Brown will finish in the top three of Miss Survivor 2016. I would say she's front runner right now. The front runner right now. Wow. At the moment, yeah. She. I think that she's uh, she's very very funny. She's beautiful. She's already in a love triangle. Uh, I th- I think that the that that the the people have spoken. They like Jen Brown. M S S U R B I V O R M S S U R B I V O R. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Can you get can you get Wanda to cover that? We'll see. We'll see if we can get her to cover it. Um I'm not sure about I think she could definitely get in the top three. I'm not sure if she is uh if she has what it takes to be Miss Survivor. And who's, here's why. Who's the current front runner? Um We're talking only about worlds apart right now, obviously. No, I think she's definitely a, a candidate for the top three but here's why that you got to take it seriously i feel like that she might not like the campaign like to win miss survivor in modern times um you gotta you can't you gotta take it seriously you can't be like tongue-in-cheek uh campaigning for miss survivor tell that to the current miss survivor no well she took it seriously She's throwing shade everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Is that serious? That was that's how bad she wanted some, it. Some serious shade. You got to really want it bad. Uh, you got to participate. Be, you got to not just participate, but you got to want it bad. Like I feel like um, to me, Jen is like similar in some ways to like a Courtney. Um, like in Courtney uh, was a, was a finalist for Miss Survivor, but you can't be like uh, like joking around in your interviews and stuff like that. You got to be taking this very seriously. You got to make videos. You got to campaign. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, she seems, you know, she's a no collar man. Does she even have the internet? Yeah, I think she has the internet. Is she on Twitter? I'm sure she's on Twitter, but I feel like, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it would be tough for a no collar person to win Mr. Mr. Survivor because you got to just be, yeah, it's a lot of work now. I don't know. I it's feel a like, month of campaigning. I feel like we could all be Vince Sly and we could fall in love with <laughs> Vince ben is Jones. the front runner for Mr. Survivor though. Oh yeah, that's not even in doubt. Yeah. He's fantastic, that guy. So we'll see. Um but I do think that she's certainly um a a front runner for top three right now for two. Yeah, as of as of as of this moment in time. As of this moment in time. I, I would say so. I believe as first predicted by Angie Kantz, who said uh, Jen Brown will be Miss Survivor two thousand sixteen. We'll see if the prophecy is true. I, I don't hate the prediction. Yeah. I don't. It's good. I can see it. All right. Let's take this question. This is from Bobby. Bobby. Hey, Rob and Josh. Bobby from Jersey here. My question is about the decision that had to be made last night in the beginning of the episode. 
Uh, we saw what happened with the white collar tribe. So, and Joaquin picked the sieve, made up a bad lie, and pretty much got so voted out of the tribe. On the blue collar tribe, they chose honesty, and the tribe still didn't believe them. So, my question is what about possibly picking the sieve, take the idle clue, take the small bag of beans, go back to your tribe, show them the clue? And at that point, you know, make a decision together as a tribe as to what to do with the clue, whether to go find the idol together, maybe just get rid of it altogether. Um, I think that's the only way that you can show that you're truly being honest. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, by the way, loving the evolution of strategy. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you, Bobby. Yeah, me too. Um, hmm. What do you think of this, Josh? What I think is, is this Antonio again? It just sounded like him. Bobby no. from New Jersey, you kind of sound like Antonio. Not Antonio. Is Antonio pastoring me? <laughs> no. He's not, not catfishing us either. He's not catfishing us either. Uh, no, it's, I mean, that's, that's another possibility too. You take the deceive bag, you take the immunity idol clue, and you come back and you decide, uh, let's all look for this together. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a Tyler move. I don't feel like that's a Joaquin move. Hmm. And in fairness to so, she did tell Shireen about the clue to the idol. And that's, that's right. She did say that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think she did do this to a degree. But to me, I, I just feel like I'm not sure what the ultimate end game is. I mean, I think it, it avoids the situation where you end up being sort of like stuck where like we saw Dan and Mike are telling the truth and people, people aren't believing them. But I'm right. not sure what you ultimately gain out of this other than people feel like they can trust you, but now you don't know where the hidden immunity idol is. So yeah. to come back and share the clue with the group, I don't love that as a strategy. Yeah, I mean, I guess the move is because you want to come back and you want to say, hey, this is the immunity idol clue. Let's find this. Let's be a tight six. Let's run this game. And that's great in theory, but uh, what happens when you lose? What happens when you lose a challenge? Uh, you know, if you're going to do that, I feel like you really got to just run to that swap as a tight, tight six. Uh, you can't lose a challenge because what happens? And it's, it's just like pandemonium. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that that's that's the move that I would make. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, what about if next season they have the honest and deceive box comes back? But if you choose, it actually deceive, comes with a neutral box. Yes, it actually comes with a neutral box. And you, uh, if a nature you pick, box and a nature box. So you get uh, five of your favorite uh, snacks, a free trial. Um, uh-huh. And if you pick the deceive box, you get the hidden immunity idol, but you also get a clue to a different hidden immunity idol. So um, it's like you have to give it to your tribe, but you can come back and say, hey, uh, I picked the box that got the clue to the hidden immunity idol, but you already get one. That's fun. Could be interesting. That could be interesting. I have, I like uh, the bouquet better. Okay, good. Well, let's stick with that. I don't want to go with the bouquet. Yeah. I don't want to muddy the waters. Okay. All right, let's take another question. This is from uh, Gary from Canada. Hey, Bob. Gary from Canada. Two quick things. One, do you think the white collar tri- tribal council was maybe more honest because white employees, and maybe that's why they were more open and honest about each other? Two, we had the deceive and honest choice at the beginning. But Jeff Post mentioned a twist that they've been wanting to do for a long time that they're finally going to incorporate. Any speculation as to what you think that might be and when it will appear? Thank you. Enjoy the podcast, and you take care. All right. Uh, so that was a two-parter. Yeah. Okay. Which, which one do you want to dig into first? Uh, let's just talk about the openness at the Tribal Council from the white collar people. Did you feel like that was more because like they were all like sort of like white collar people that it was sort of like a boardroom meeting? 
It was like The Apprentice. I feel like this is a tribe that these people know who they are. You know, they, they know, they know themselves and they know the general idea of the person next to them. I think if you're on the white collar tribe, there's no, there's no illusions about the fact that you guys came here willing to lie. So I don't think that you're breaking news when you say, I would have lied too, I would have lied better. Uh, or, you know, you guys are in alliance together. It's like, yeah, we're in alliance together. What? Like, I, I feel like there's, there's a little bit of when it's them battling each other, there's a certain degree of BS that just does not even need to be there. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder for somebody like Tyler, who I think has been in the tribal councils, you know, the way that I would recommend for people to be in tribal councils, you know, say something without saying anything. I wonder if that makes you less trustworthy than the person who actually is saying something. You know what I mean? Where it's like the sort of thing where like, well, I think that this person is more honest because they're saying something which is potentially controversial as opposed to the person who's more of the politician and right. says something that's less offensive. I don't know if I could trust that person as much. I wonder if that's an evolution of the game. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I know that this is like, I, I can just feel that this is the kind of line like what Max said, where like, I would have lied, I would have lied too, but I would have lied better. Like, this is the kind of thing that we would ream someone out about on the evolution of strategy, right? Like, this is, this is the kind of thing that we pick apart. But it didn't, but we, but it, it didn't bother me that bad this time. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, that he has the ability to say, oh, you know, I'm joking around and, you know, I'm playing to the camera or, or whatever. But on the evolution of strategy, you know, we sort of have the advantage of how it's going to work out. Right. So we sort of know like, okay, this person gets voted off in the next, if Max gets voted off in the next episode, people are like, yeah, we can't trust Max because he said, I'll lie at tribal council. Then we would kill him for saying that because ultimately we know how it's going to work out, but we don't know how this is going to work out. So it's hard to really kill him on something like that. Yeah, hard to know at this point. I don't hate him saying that right now. Uh, I mean, it's certainly my eyebrows raised. It's kind of, whoa, I can't believe he said that. Um, but I, I don't know. I think with this group, it's just a certain amount of that is accepted. It's like, we came here to play Survivor. You don't think that I would lie about the deceive and the honest thing? I just would have done it better than you. Uh, and I feel like probably every single person on that tribe would have pulled the deceive. Uh, just, I don't see, I mean, except for maybe Tyler, I see Tyler could have gone for the honest, but who else is going to go for the honest on that tribe? Yeah. Also, the second part of that question from Gary was about the other twist that is coming this season that we really don't know a lot about. Yeah. Well, so I got to interview Jeff Probst last week. Uh, and one of the things that I asked him about this season is, you know, we know about this twist where it's, it's, you know, people are coming and they're, they've got this choice between a bag of food or a small bag of food and an idle clue. But there's also rumors of this other twist. And he said, yeah, there is this great idea that we've had. Uh, for a while now that's been on the board. We haven't felt like it's time to pull the trigger, but with this group of people, we felt we could do it, and it plays out fantastically. Um, I don't know what that is, but that sounds terrifying. Mm. Uh, you know, it could be really good, or I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's making that kind of comment if um, if it's not really good, after like the Tyler Perry idol fiasco, uh, which I believe he still defends, but I he's got to know that it's not popular. Yeah, I, I think what Jeff says is that it wasn't the twist that was it's bad. Who it, it, was, it's it, who it went yeah, to. He yeah. says, if Spencer got it, you guys would have loved it. Right, exactly. Um, and, so, you know, I, I don't know. Sure. I, I, I feel like, is he, is he going to say this unless it really does play out fantastically? I'm, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt, which is hard for some people, but I will do it and say that whatever twist this is is fantastic. The question is, what could the twist be? Um, 
I don't know, uh, some kind of special powered idol seems to be the thing, right? I mean, or, or maybe, um, can you like win a reward where you can, uh, you can gain an extra vote or something like that? A neutral box, a neutral box. Yes. I think that's it. What do you, what do you think? Do you have any speculation on what it might be? I really don't. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> I really, it's, you know, I could say something like with like adding a vote or taking a vote away or something like that. But I mean, I'd really just be like, you know, spitballing. I kind of feel like that's what it's going to be. I kind of feel like it's going to be either uh, an extra vote or a vote canceller. Yeah. I'll go on record and say it's going to be one of those two. Okay. I think those are both fair ideas. You know, because those are probably some of the only things that you could say that we'll be thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, like, you know, I think everybody's thought about that for a while. Can you win an extra vote? Can you win the opportunity to destroy a vote? I think uh, uh, that that seems like a dangerous thing to incorporate into Survivor. But if he feels good about this group, like this could be the group to test it out. The double vote. It's just a, a supersized parchment. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't do anything except you can really get creative with your it's artwork. It's like an oversized check that you get like at a yeah. golf tournament. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I got one last question for you, okay? This all right, is let's hear it. All right. Uh let's go to uh Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, what's up, Robin Josh? This is Zach from Big Lil's hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, I'm calling uh because I'm curious with so being the first player eliminated. What creepy question would Brian Gumble ask her at the reunion? <laughs> okay. Well, my question is, what would Brian Gumble call So Kim? <laughs> That's a hard name to screw up. Uh, skim, uh, <laughs> Skim. Uh, I've heard, I've heard that you're dating uh, Malcolm, yeah. uh, Malcolm Freiberg. Now, for those of you guys who listened to the Evolution Strategy, of course, uh, in the first ten seasons, uh, we had three Bryant Gumble hosted uh, reunion shows. Uh, so we got to talk uh, quite a bit about that. And Brian Gumble had uh, some very pervy questions that he asked uh, in each of the three reunion shows that he hosted. Yeah, he's a perv. <laughs> he's a really naughty guy. He's got. I hear he's got all the videotapes. Oh, uh, so Kim. Um, I hear you and your sister are lesbians. Is that true? Is that oh accurate? Oh my God. That uh, is a Brian Gumble question. <laughs> that really is. That is what he would ask. I heard from uh, Corinne Kaplan, uh, Corinne Kapler, yeah. uh, that uh, you and your sister are actually. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Ann Kaplan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be fantastic. He, ha- he would have lots of bad questions for so. Uh, I mean, if Brian Gumble was still hosting Survivor reunions in this day and age, um, Survivor probably would be. Uh, be on a different channel. It'd probably be a pay service online. Um, not recommended for users under 18. Uh, real quick, let's get, let's talk to 50. Uh, 50. Um, that's, uh, that's, he's misreading the prompter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It took me a second uh, to 50, get. That's very funny. 50, 50 Kim. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, let's... Uh, I can't believe you're letting a, a Cincinnati home of Lil question go without even mentioning Lil. <laughs> well, Lil is only good to talk about when she gets slighted. Oh, yeah. I can't, I, did. Believe, I can't believe Rob didn't mention me. Why did you slight me? Why, why didn't you... Somebody brought up my name. And you didn't even talk about me on the show. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, Lil. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, Josh, we... Saw Jeff Probst was really uh, everywhere this week uh, in terms of promoting uh, the 30th season of Survivor. Did you happen to catch him appearing in his many different appearances on The Price is Right this week? No, I missed that. Okay, so they brought out Jeff Probst as part of the Showcase Showdown. 
and they had a they had a survivor themed or a Jeff Probst themed uh, showcase showdown that they gave away. And I have a little bit of a uh, clip from that. Okay, let's okay. hear it. Here's Jeff Probst, and uh, he's announcing uh, the showcase showdown. Uh, here's Jeff. We're really known for sending our contestants to some of the toughest environments on Earth. Don't worry, Nikki. We've got something different in store for you. It's a vacation to the Cook Islands. Whoa. Whoa. Love the Cook Islands. You and a guest will fly round-trip coach from Los Angeles to Itutaki in the Cook Islands for a six-night stay in a premium beachfront bungalow at the Pacific Resort Hotel. You and your guests will be separated by ethnicity <laughs> and spend 39, 39 days and 38 nights in the beautiful Aitutaki. I hear that's yeah. where the white people like to hang out. Yeah, they no, that's the those are the raros. <laughs> Come on. What is the Aitutaki? What was that one? That's the the Latinos. Oh, Hispanic. Home of Billy Garcia and yeah, Ozzy. I know. Uh, man. Yeah, I wish that they were going to Manahiki Beach so we could get a show from the Seiku Bunch. <laughs> yes, the Seiku Bunch is, will be performing. You'll get, <laughs> you could skinny dip naked in a hot tub. Yeah, with poverty. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's one of our other satisfied visitors. Look, I've been to Cook Island. It is not that great. It's not a fantastic vacation spot. It is bollocks. It's bollocks. You don't want to go there and get faded, trust me. Oh, no. You don't want to get faded on Cook Islands. It's a bad, it's yeah. a bad outcome for everyone. You could get a bad wind. Yeah, a very bad wind. <laughs> the you local love it. Cowboy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my like, God. When you go to, like, you know when you go to the Caribbean and, like, your friends will come back and they have, like, uh, braided hair and everything and they've got, like, uh, jewelry and, like, maybe some, like, uh, temporary tattoos and stuff? Is it like when you come back from the Cook Islands and you have the big red indicator on your forehead? <laughs> That's how everybody knows you went to the Cook Islands on vacation. <laughs> yeah, you get to hang out with Cowboy. All, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. On, uh, go on an adventure with Flicka and Cowboy <laughs> and Ozzy looking for medicine yes yeah so uh all this can be yours uh if the price is right so good job by jeff on ho- on hosting uh the showcase showdown that's really fun on the yeah, price that's is a, right on the that's a, media that's, tour that's a great uh that's a great prize yeah so uh good good job by jeff hopefully uh they do that again for survivor 31 um I don't have any out of context inappropriate quotes uh, from Jeff Probst, so we have to rely on our survivors this week, Josh. Okay, do we have some from them? I have a couple from them. All right, let's hear it. All right, so first off, uh, let's start out with Rodney, who uh, was a bit more revealing than I was uh, expecting him to be about his occupation. Uh, We knew he was blue collar, but um, he is really a hardworking guy. What does he do? I'm a hustler. I'm a salesman. This is what I do. Every single day, I got to sell myself to get money. Whoa. <laughs> Every single day, he's selling himself to get money? Yeah, he's got to work the streets. <laughs> he's got to pound the pavement. Yeah. Pound he, some other stuff. A hustler. Yeah, he's a hustler, baby. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, man, Rodney. Hard Every times single Rodney. day, I got to sell myself to get money. Yeah. Every single day. Is he a meat collector? <laughs> 
right? He's either a meat collector or a meat distributor. Meat I'm a distributor. meat collector. <laughs> <laughs> He's a meat distributor. Yeah. Depends. Rodney. What did you think of um I have did you get to talk to the twinnies at all about Rodney's tattoo? Um no, we didn't talk about that. Um we, obviously I I believe it's authentic, you know, the the story that he tells about finding his sister that's horrible. Yeah, no, uh, that's a, true. That's authentic. Yeah, and he said he said that in the Gordon Holmes interview and everything. It's a, a terrible, terrible tragedy. But I did see people talking about on online, like, what if that wasn't true? You know, what if he, what if he was making that up? And I, I mean, it's it's it is true, but it it gets me thinking. Like, is that is that something people should do or consider? Is it, should you tattoo yourself, like tattoo some sort of uh, sob story and use that on Survivor? For what? I mean, I it's know. like, uh, sure, like maybe if you're Russell you- Hans, I feel like uh, it's, a, it's a good move. Like a Brandon Hans, he's got all the tattoos already. I feel like it helps you get in better with somebody like in the first couple days. But I feel like that, you know, if push comes to shove, you know, people are going to vote out Rodney, whether or not he has a tragedy in his family. Like other people have had tragedies in their families that have been on survivor. Nobody like a, has it, ever not voted them out because uh, they have, you know, but it was, tragic it was like a unifying thing. Like it got, it got everybody on his side. It got all the ladies on his side. It was a unifying thing. It's is a short term advantage. I feel like to, if you're looking to get a tattoo though, before survivor, it's not the worst idea in the world. Yeah. How about this? If you already have a tattoo that means something, you could lie and say it means something else. Exactly. Like, okay, this is, um, but, you know, I, I don't think that you should go to the lengths that he did. And, um, you know, there's look, I, there are better ways to get advantages in Survivor than to go to those lengths. I would do it. <laughs> not to, do not do that. I would You'll get, be so I, hated by people after the fact and not even like in a Johnny Fairplay ha ha way. People but, what if, but what if I get it like a tattoo as, that I was going to get anyway? Like I get a tattoo of Antonio Mazzaro on my back, just like a giant. Say that my friend Antonio is no longer with us. And uh, yeah, that's like, why. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone somewhere in upstate New York and we, we haven't seen him. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're going to get a tattoo anyway, you could, you could say that, but um, you know, it's a fine line. Fine line. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. And then probably our winner here for out of context, inappropriate quote of the week, uh, comes to us, uh, courtesy of, uh, Jen and Joe, um, in their, one of their conversations that seemed to really upset Vince. You didn't have blowing on that wood over there, Gotta sir. Get this a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Whoa. now you understand why Vince got so pissed. I would be mad too. Yeah. Once he walks in and, uh, hears her saying, you need any help blowing on that wood. Yeah. Can I hear that again? You need help blowing on that wood over there, Gotta sir. Gotta get this hole a little bigger. Gotta, Whoa! It's gonna get that hole a little bigger. What was that uh, Ace Gordon accent she's putting on there? You need help blowing on that wood over there, Gotta sir. Gotta get this hole a little bigger. Whoa! Yeah. What were they actually doing? They were making fire here. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Now uh, I don't know. Yeah. Really vivid mental picture. Yeah. So uh, that is what's going on in the out of context uh, inappropriate quotes of the week. Uh, Jeff was too busy to give us any uh, good quotes this week. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, we haven't gotten any real balls challenges yet. Uh, you know, it's it's early days. We got time. So while I've managed to outwit, outplay, and outlast every crew member on this set, I do need to get home. 
Now, while this wouldn't work for escaping... Now, when Jeff says uh, on this set, is he talking about the people that work on the prices, right? Or... I think so, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he I am better shots. than all of you. He's taking shots at the people that work on the prices, right? Yeah, these hard blue collar, <laughs> you know, these hardworking blue collars. It's a real real white collar thing to do. I know he says he's no collar, but come on, yeah. man. Um, yeah, what do you was, think? Is Probst white collar or no collar? Boy, um, he seemed to get really defensive uh, in an interview I read with him and Dalton Ross uh, today about like uh, j- like he was asked, I think, by Dalton what tr- what collar tribe he's in. And or no, that um, Dalton asked him to put himself in the position of the white collar. He's like, whoa, hey, yeah, I'm not white I, collar. I, I'm the last person that would ever be white collar. That's unbelievable. He's blue collar. Because no, that's well, what yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes banana collar yeah uh yeah he is blue collar uh in in a literal way but come on this dude's white collar mm, I, he makes I, the rules i feel like there's a thing especially i think for people in the entertainment industry unless you're an executive you're somebody that's sitting behind a desk i feel like that probably people want to self-identify as no collar because they're an artist you know I think that a lot of people in entertainment want to identify as uh, with the no collar people. Like, is what, he not an executive producer of Survivor? He is, he is. But I understand that he wants to, you know, self identify for a no collar because I feel like then you're not being, you're not making art at that point. You're just making, you know, you're a, you know, executive. You're, you know, you're making product as opposed to art. Well, I understand he doesn't want it, but wants got nothing to do. With it. <laughs> well, again, it's hard to self-identify. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into talking about uh, the survivors. We haven't talked about the survivor birthdays in a long time. Oh my God! Are there some good ones coming up this week? Yes, there are some good uh, survivor birthdays uh, that are co- that are coming up. Are you re- are you ready for this? Oh, I've been. I was born ready. Okay. Um, before we get to talking about all of the survivor, uh, social media stuff, I wanted to, uh, play you something else that I got uh, sent in to me, uh, this week. Okay. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, this is from, uh, our, our good friend, uh, shut up Tim on Twitter, uh, that he put together some, uh, some Josh Wiggler melodies. Are you, what? Are, are you ready for this? Is it some like final fantasy music? Is yeah. it, uh, is it, uh, some fish jams? I think it's probably that's what I like. It's I think it's probably closest to like if you were in the WWE and you were going to have entrance music. This is what my entrance music would be. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Here, here I'm nervous go. now. Uh, this is uh like, oh, my God, here comes Josh Wiggler. That's Josh Wiggler's music. Check it out. Josh. Do you like that? What's what even happening right now? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. All right. Or, or, or this one. You tell me what, what do you want your introduction music to be? Here's, here's this one. Okay. You know what to do with that big fat butt. Josh. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Blur. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Blur. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Blur. Shake it, shake it, girl. I feel like that one's kind of obscene. Oh my God. That's, um, yeah. Uh, that's like for my private moment. <laughs> that's, that's what, uh, Miss Fox, Miss Emily Fox gets. The- <laughs> Natasha Fox. Yeah, no, that's not my wife. Uh, wow. I'm, I don't even know what to do right now. Yeah. Uh, are you sure you're not pastoring me? You recorded this yourself. I did not. I did not. I did not That's incredible. That kind of yeah. All right. So thank you to uh, shut up, Tim. Appreciate <laughs> Very that. Very funny. 
That's okay. very funny. All right, well, I'll keep those. Uh, that uh, I'll play those as a uh, as much as you want them. Yeah, can you send me those MP3s? Yes, absolutely. I got okay. a long flight coming up. I just will <laughs> listen to it on a loop. loop. <laughs> it's my new pump up music. <laughs> oh, I had a long flight. I listened to the Wiggler song. Yeah, I've got an eleven hour flight. <laughs> Oh, right. that's very funny. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Survivor birthdays. Uh, okay. We missed. We missed a couple while we were away. Okay. Some, Febu- some February birthdays. Uh, happy birthday to Brian Corden. Uh, All right. Dina Bennett. Nice. Your friend Dina. Yes. And Jenna Maraska had a birthday February fifteenth. Uh, and uh, Nalia, Nalia Dennis. Oh my uh, heck! <laughs> oh my heck! Um, all right. Now this what week, you, what did you get Nalia for her birthday? Any any mints? Uh, <laughs> I used mints. Used chewed mints. up chewed up mints. Yes. Don't mince your words. And then uh, this week, that's happening. Um, nobody, no survivors had birthdays. No, no survivors this coming week. This week that we just had. I'm just kidding. You got pastored. It's uh, John Raymond's birthday on the John 21st. Raymond. <laughs> Yes. How about this? And Sugar Kuiper. Uh, it was her birthday. Uh, February twenty uh, second. Uh, she turns thirty six. Uh, and uh, happy birthday to Sugar. Happy birthday to Sugar. What did you get for Sugar? I didn't get any. I didn't uh, get anything for Sugar. You but sure? I, but I got. Uh, I got a a crazy tweet from Sugar today. Uh, yes, um, this, this I know about. I was going through my timeline. And I got a tweet from Sugar that says, Dear at Rob Sesternino, I think you missed this one about me acting for years before the show, period. Turned out to me, all caps, nice. What does that, what does that mean? Turned out to me, nice. Turned out to me, nice. I need like the Google Translate of, of Sugar. <laughs> Is Sugar a language? Yes. It's a, uh, it's a different language? <laughs> Yeah, or it's turned out to me nice. Uh, her upcoming single, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is, for those people that watched a review. This is like the episode. Did you watch that show? No. <laughs> yeah, I did not. <laughs> yeah, should I have? Uh, did I miss out? Yeah, it's a good. That's a good show. You should watch that. Is it uh, actually or you just bull? No, I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, it's it's a very good show. Uh, check it out. Re- review. It's uh, it's like nine episodes on Comedy Central. But yeah, what does turned out to me nice? What does it mean? Turn out to me nice. Why is Sugar saying this to me, dear? I, and then is she like coming uh, on to you? I, I don't think so. Uh, and then the picture is that there's an attached picture of sh- of Sugar. It's like a National Enquirer article of Sugar with Simon Baker, and the headline is the Mentalist Survivor Survivor Babes Steamy Romp with Mentalist Hunk. Sugar got sweet with Simon Baker, but why is she tweeting this to me today? I don't know. Dear Rob, uh, Rob Sestrino, I think you missed this one about me acting for years before the show turned out to me nice. Have you have you been have you turned out to sugar mean on any <laughs> podcasts lately? I don't I don't recall. I well, do a lot. You did have Corinne on recently. I did have Corinne on recently, but I don't think uh, did I say did I say anything about about Sugar's acting career before she was on Survivor? I don't recall if Corinne said anything specifically about Sugar because that all will end up blurring together for me at this point. Uh, but did, if she did, maybe you're just guilty by association. I, I uh, also it could be a game of Twitter telephone where she has heard uh, <laughs> that you have badmouthed her. Because I doubt that she'd listen to any of your podcasts. Yeah. Why? Why did she send me this? About why this picture of of the this article from the Enquirer about her with Simon Baker? 
Well, I think she knows that you're a big fan of The Mentalist. You're very disappointed that the show is off the air now, but you know it really ended a year and a half ago and they solved the Red John mystery. But I think that she just knows that you miss The Mentalist and she wants to reach out to you. She wants to turn out to you nice. Okay. Well, <laughs> turn, turn, turn out, out to turn out to me nice. Turn what does out, that mean? turn out to me nice. I, I'm going to go insane. I'm going to need electric shock treatments to try to figure this out. What that means? Turn out to me nice. Yes, but happy it birthday. really is a great name for a song. <laughs> How does it go? I don't know. How does turn it go, out to me nice. How does it go, Wanda? <laughs> turn out to me nice. Sugar and spice turn out to me nice. Simon Baker. The Mentalist. <laughs> also a birthday this week. What a big week for birthdays. Uh, Jillian Larson. <gasps> Jillian. <laughs> what did uh, you get, Jillian? <laughs> elephant dung. Elephant dung. Um, hope that her birthday was not a bummer. A bummer. Yes. Happy birthday to Jillian. Also, Josh, one of your favorite survivors, Misty Giles, had a birthday this week. Uh, you know I love Misty, Misty Giles. Misty Giles, February 25th. Yesterday uh, was her birthday. Big crush on Misty <laughs> Also... Fellow uh, main survivor, <laughs> Bob Crowley, also had a birthday. Bob this Crowley, week. Mr. Crowley. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a real, uh, real Gaboner birthday right Yes, now. and uh, current survivor, uh, uh, Shireen, had her birthday the day of the premiere, so that must have been a fun birthday, except when she yeah, didn't put the puzzle great. together. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> David Sampson also uh, celebrates a birthday today. That's right. He did play Survivor. Yes. And also, uh, Tyler Fredrickson, current survivor, uh, celebrates a birthday on Thursday, uh, the twenty, the twenty sixth. Wow! Yeah, happy white birthday, collar, white collar, having a great week, having a great week. If you're not uh, so Kim, and yeah. although if you're so Kim, you're dating Malcolm. That's yeah, things cool. are good. Things are good. Yeah. And also, uh, finally, uh, Courtney Moon uh, celebrates a birthday. M O O N. That spells uh, Courtney. Oh yeah, uh, she's uh, thirty two for Courtney. Good. Congratulations, Courtney. She's at her birthday is on Friday. All right, you ready to do the first Survivor social media segment of the year? Yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. Tweets, baby tweets. Survivor tweets. They're better than Baylor balancing things with her feet. Tweets. Yes. Josh, wow. can you believe we're still talking about Baylor's feet? I really can't. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. Turned out to me nice. <laughs> it turned out to be nice for Baylor. <laughs> turned out to me nice. I know it turned out to me nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, how is the speaking of birthdays? How's uh, Baylor and Missy's birthday tour going? <laughs> yes. Do we have an update on that? Yeah, they went to somebody's birthday in Chicago. Just one. Roger that. Yeah. I hear only. Is, are they only doing the one? I think they're coming to your birthday next. Are they coming to my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did anyone do that? Do you think? Did anyone write in for me? People wrote I in. Hope, people I, hope wrote, I think people wrote it. All right. Let's start with Eliza. You ready to hear what Eliza has yeah, to say? That's it. That's All it. right. Here we go. Uh, Eliza starts off. Uh, she says, uh, oh, Jeff, that's cute. Naming the tribes as if we're ever going to call them anything but white collar, blue collar and no collar. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, no, we'll, we'll use the tribe names. It's like we won't call it that until we get to the point where after the tribe swap, then we'll have to come up with a Nagarote. Right. Escarol. Escarol. Yeah, uh, Jeff really got into it. He uh, pronounced it like a nagarote. Yeah, well, he's trying to. He's just trying to get get some flavor in there. I don't know. Well, I don't know what he's trying to do here. Um, which 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 uh, which buff is going to go away at the swap? Hmm. Which color? Oh, I don't know. Are we going to go to which collar? So so we're going to go from three tribes to two tribes. That's what we're going to do when we uh, get down to it. Um, I assume so. Yeah. So I would say probably yellow, the white collar. 
they're going to get rid of the white collar. I think so. Whatever tribe has less people in it, and I guess that this uh, odds on favorite, or I guess it, it'll really come down to whatever production wants to use whatever camp. You know what? I think that they will get rid of Messiah, which is the white collar. Yeah. I do think that they'll do that because that's at the camp with like the big uh, Redemption Island, Boston, Rob, Rock. Uh, that's the beach with like the, the rock where Exile Island was last season. I feel like that's a good merge beach. Uh, oh. They're going to want to put some immunity idols in there. Okay. So they'll go away from white collar for a few episodes and then they'll all merge there. Okay. Uh, I could definitely see it. Uh, Eliza has another tweet that says, uh, good thing. The only the white collar tribe read the clue because no one else would have understood those SAT words. What were the SAT words that were in the clue? I wasn't reading the clue, so I wouldn't know. It did look like once they found the hidden immunity idol, like the letter that is attached with it looked like it was like 400 words. Uh, when they, when Carolyn found the idol. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, it did look long. It did look like there was a lot of paper on there. A lot of it's words lot, on a paper. A lot of paperwork to get an immunity idol on Survivor. Okay. Uh, Eliza also says, Sigh, Jeff, two tribes win. One tribe wins. The grammar seriously bugged me tonight. Boy, Eliza's really... Uh, Taking probes to town. Yeah. Either they must have had not enough wine or too much wine at the wine and cheese viewing of Survivor uh, this week. Never enough wine. Yeah. And then Eliza, then she's coming after So. She what does says, she have to say for So? So, you're an idiot. <gasps> does it not even occur to you that she has an idol? Jesus, you never tell anyone you're voting them out. Why would she think that Carolyn has an idol? <laughs> you just have to assume that everybody has an idol. I don't. I, I don't think So is an idiot for yeah. thinking you know I mean, that for not thinking carolyn has an idol if it's sort of like boy uh i'm the only one me and joaquin the only two people with the clue to the idol like right. i guess I, I wouldn't think that somebody just went and found the idol that i was looking for no i mean like maybe your operating procedure should just be okay what if this person does have an idol let's not make them think that they're a target like that's fine i i, I appreciate that approach but i don't think it makes her an idiot for for not thinking that Carolyn has an idol. I mean, come on. I feel like that's a little harsh. Yeah, I don't know why Eliza was so hard oh, easy on, on, so, so on So Kim. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be coming out of the woodwork to bash So Kim now that uh, she's part of Malcolm. I think that a lot of people are going to be jealous. Yeah. people. You think people are jealous or there's some, some anti-Malcolm vibe that she inherits? Oh, do you think that Eliza's mad about the belt? <laughs> I, don't I don't think she's following it that closely. You I don't, don't know. So. Does Eliza like Malcolm? Does... I know Eliza is very protective over Franny that Malcolm was part of the favorites tribe and survivor Caramoan. Malcolm yep. was there. Does, is she guilty by association to uh, some potential Malcolm backlash? I don't know. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Although I don't know. How would Eliza even know about this? I feel like that, unless she's, unless she's that tapped in. It seems like she's probably that tapped in. Okay. She's very tapped in. Very connected. Okay, let's go to uh, Rupert. Rupert was live tweeting the show last night, allegedly. That's in quotes, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Here is uh, Rupert. Uh, he says, uh, it sucks being the first one voted off. <laughs> it does. That's so specific. It yes. really is. Yes. Uh, he wasn't the first one voted off. Yes, he was the first one out. Um, yeah, booted. He also says, at this point, you're starting to get hungry. You're sweaty and nasty. 
politeness is wearing off frustration setting in i believe that i believe (laughs) i believe these things to be true what moment is he talking about specifically um what's the timestamp? do you have the timestamp handy (laughs) it's four it says four hours ago from the time we pulled it okay okay um (laughs) it's yeah i'd be interested to know exactly what time he tweeted that and what that matches up to with the episode Rupert also tweets, uh, already a romance brewing? They are coconuts for each other. Rupert, oh, a little wordplay. Rupert, a little wordplay, and that he had to be watching the show for, right? Yes, Unless that's a real shot in the dark. No, I think he was watching. I think he was watching this week. I don't think he preloaded the tweets this week. Also, Rupert says, always comforting, always comforting when a large man in his underpants has one leg up on the log next to you and says, you've got a friend in me what the hell are you talking about uh <laughs> rupert a little randy newman going on here a little randy newman shout out yeah <laughs> um for rupert uh he's yeah, he's talking about when you uh, turn that up i can't i just can't hear that beautiful music <laughs> uh this is when dan and mike were talking and that's the outro music for all of our chapters on the evolution of strategy right from i haven't on? listened since you've edited the music in no 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 i don't think we have uh i think that's probably a lawsuit waiting to happen um but yeah so that's what uh dan and mike said you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me <laughs> if dan was one of the toy story toys uh which one would he be <laughs> he would be um if dan uh dan what was the name of the the purple bear from the last one uh, <laughs> the bad guy yeah <laughs> he like seems like nice and jolly and then on day two he's snapping at you <laughs> i was gonna go with mr potato head mr potato oh that's pretty good you know i i like lots of hug and bear i think that that's a good one yeah and uh i think that mike is definitely the buzz light year of the group um why you think buzz Lightyear would just eat a scorpion <laughs> yes that seems more like a like a ham move <laughs> i feel like the pig would eat the scorpion all right can you cast the rest of toy story with the survivor um <laughs> who, who is woody do we have a cowboy this season i mean the texan i guess could be mike mm, i guess so there's a scorpion in my poop <laughs> <laughs> someone poison the water hole yeah that's pretty that's pretty and, good you know let's not let's let's leave buzz lightyear alone because in survivor history of course there is already a choice for buzz lightyear and that would be dan fuego <laughs> yeah he's an astronaut yeah. um so uh all right we'll see that would be fun in the comments if somebody could uh cast the rest of Toy story with the uh survivor uh world to par players all right uh russell hance uh is, uh tweeting a bit uh he says uh samoa day <laughs> day one fake story about hurricane katrina dog dying dumbass girl alliance and torturing them by controlling them J- hashtag just saying just saying yeah um they also talked about uh i'm not a genius or anything but doesn't a scorpion have a poisonous tail lol lol indeed yeah yeah the uh the jk is on mike i believe yeah <laughs> nicole, nicole would not be happy to hear russell hance using uh an lol i don't think so okay what about a raffle copter hmm uh that Maybe i'm not. not sure not sure all right josh are you ready for some uh Lisey tweets <laughs> can anyone ever truly be ready for Lisey tweets yes now you can 
Uh, Lisi tweets. All right, here's uh, Lisi started off. Why by- did you stop? Why would you stop? <laughs> just keep it going, please. You can turn it down just a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, you know, they, they sort of start to get into the uh, some of the uh, really offensive. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she turn, tweeted, turn out, turn out to me, pornographic. Yes, uh, she tweeted. Uh, okay, so uh, the white collars are the a hole tribe. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then uh, Lisi also tweeted, uh, and the greasy dude is dead. <laughs> Who is the greasy dude? Is that Joaquin? <laughs> I believe. I, I, I'm guessing here. The greasy dude is the Joaquin dead. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, Lisi also tweeted <laughs> that, all right, now the fat dude in tidy, not so whitey. So there you go. She's, she's quoting herself. Yeah, she's looking out. Good looking out, Lisi. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Which collar do you think she prefers? She's not uh, a no collar. I mean, right. she might be no collar on Survivor, but she's got to have a collar, right? She's definitely no collar. I think, I think she is the epitome of a no collar <laughs> survivor. That's my line. <laughs> Sorry. Stepping on my line. Yeah. Um, but Lisi is definitely a, uh, a no collar survivor. What do, you, I mean, what do you think she would be? I don't know. I, I'm just saying like maybe like a latex. A tidy white collar. A tidy white collar. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that could be it. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, I saw somebody tweeted to Jeff Probst like, Jeff Probst, when is Lisi coming back on Survivor? The the real fans want Lisi to come back. <laughs> he tweeted back like, not a chance. Not a chance. Never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was especially ruthless. <laughs> I don't know why you had to answer that. She's fine. She's got a promising career. <laughs> Her life is fine. Her life is fine. But Rob, Jeff obviously wants you back on Survivor. Um. Why? Why do you say that? Because he's been he's been very kind to you in the press recently. Have you? Don't be bashful. Here. <laughs> well, I I do I do appreciate Jeff has said uh, some nice some nice comments. He's been about he's me. been he's been Sesternino dropping all over the place. And he W he loved you in the round table. He wants Rob back on Survivor. <laughs> I don't want to go. I know you don't want to go, but you might not have a I'm choice. I'm having fun now. I know. Well, he I, I don't I don't know. He might be pastoring you. We'll see. He might be. He might be just setting me up for. He's setting you up. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done, Rob. Yes. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh, you want to hear some current Survivor tweets? Of course. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here's uh, you want to hear Max Dawson. Yeah, sure. Max Max was on fire uh, on Wednesday. Night. All right. Max Dawson tweeted, uh, uh, take a shot every time I stroke my beard. You will be lit. Oh, well, that's not fair. Clearly, he was, you know, planning that the entire time. <laughs> was that I'm, not was? Playing, I'm not playing that game. No way. <laughs> okay. Uh, Missy, uh, she, she tweeted out, uh, I'm a little biased. Can't, uh, untie our Texas roots. Go get them. Mike. Are we referring to Missy as a current survivor? Well, then it sets up. Then Mike, uh, wrote back Missy. Thank you for the support. I love you. So excited about Baylor winning her first music competition. Wow. Mike's a big sticky situation. situation. Uh, Are they just going to show up at Mike's birthday? Yes. They'll just show up. Yeah, roger that. Roger that. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then Missy said, okay, but focus on your game. <laughs> it, it happened already, Missy. Yes. And then he wrote back uh, uh, to Missy, uh, stick to the plan. <laughs> stick to the plan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So there, so there you go. Um, also, uh, let's see any other uh, tweets. Uh, our our friend uh, Haymaker Hattie Jess, uh, she tweeted. Uh, I think I played uh, mini golf on that tribal council once. Oh, it would be a fun fun one to play on. Uh, I could see that at like the climax of Happy Gilmore. Yes. Uh, uh let's see. <laughs> Uh, at our own uh, Zach Brooks, uh, Brooks uh, ZA, he tweeted, uh, Shireen, this puzzle looks exactly like Google Calendar. What's your problem? <laughs> Did the puzzle look like Google Calendar? A little bit. It looked more like Words with Friends to me, but I've been on a, on a real uh, binge lately, so everything <laughs> looks like Words with Friends to me right now. Yes. All right. Uh, and no, and that's, uh, that's all I got. That's great. That's all good stuff. Yeah. I got nothing else for you. Uh, okay. All well. Right. You had a lot, so it's we okay. Got, we got a lot. We got carried away with ourselves. We thought this was evolution of strategy and went on for way too long. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Josh, uh, people can go ahead and read your exit interview. Uh, yes. Of course, they could uh, see that at robiswebsite.com slash parade. They should be following you on Twitter at Ron Howard. Like Ron Howard, but Ron Howard. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also, they can hear you on uh, the evolution of strategy and check that out at evolution of strategy dot com for uh way more hijinks that we got into uh, on this episode that is correct <laughs> and we're doing hijinks on post show recaps yeah as not well, to so. mention uh we're gonna be uh we just finished this week uh our latest feedback show for the walking dead the walking dead yeah, yeah. we got to add that to the roster now yeah uh, so if you want to hear uh, Josh and I every Sunday night uh, talking about The Walking Dead uh, after the episodes, we will be doing that, except for this Sunday, because uh, Josh uh, is on assignment. But I will be there uh, with the tabulator, Kurt Clark, this that's Sunday great. night on post-show recaps uh, each week. That's at 10.15 p.m. on a very fun back half of season five of The Walking Dead on postshowrecaps.com. And other than that, uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a great time, Rob. Having a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, Josh, uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, Rob. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Josh Wiggler back here with me on the podcast. Very, very fun. It feels like, you know, I start talking to Josh, and then I look up, and like two hours have gone by. Uh, That's the way it always happens when we end up doing these podcasts or evolution of strategy. But very, very fun. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to uh, give out a hashtag here. First podcast of the season. Let's go ahead and got to go with Joaquin dead. Now, Joaquin's a little tricky to spell, so I'll give it out. It's J-O-U-Q-A-I-N. That's J-O-U-Q-A-I-N. I believe that is uh, Joaquin, Joaquin dead uh, for your hashtag here on this podcast. So show number one is in the books for Survivor, but we've got a lot more coming up your way. We're going to get into the amazing race for the first time with Jessica and myself on Friday night. Of course, uh, Jessica and Haley Strong covered the premiere of the Amazing Race 26 on Wednesday night because I was doing the Survivor Know-It-Alls. Uh, you could check that out on robisawebsite.com. And then we will be live for Amazing Race episode number two coverage live at 9.15 p.m. on Friday night. And that's where we will stay for Friday nights throughout the rest of the Amazing Race season. Plus, over on Post Show Recaps this weekend, we are getting back into the House of Cards. House of Cards Season 3 is coming up, and I will be getting back together with Zach Brooks to cover Season 3 of House of Cards. If you're a fan of that show, I really love it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to cover all 13 episodes of the new season over there 
on post-show recaps. Uh, in addition to our coverage of The Walking Dead, SNL is back with a new episode this weekend, uh, plus all of the other stuff, the weekly Seinfeld recap and all the other stuff we're doing as far as scripted TV goes on post-show recap. So I'm really pumped up. We got a great show coming up next week on the podcast. My guest will be a woman that we talked about in this very episode, Chaos Cass. She will be joining us and maybe she will tell us a little bit about the situation that Joaquin is in as being the person next to the bottom who could be an interesting swing vote here now in a tribe of five in the white collar tribe. Very much looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. Love hearing from you guys all season long. It's one of the highlights of the podcast for me. I make these shows and then I post them and then I just keep refreshing the page uh, for the whole like first next day to see uh, what you guys have to say about it, what you guys are going to pick up on and tweet back to me. Of course, I'm at Rob Cisternino. If you want to follow me on Twitter and connect with me. All right. So everybody have a fantastic weekend. We got plenty more coming along the way. Take care, everybody. Bye. 